Welcome to Let's Try Roleplay, Under the Cover. <laughs> <laughs> this is our show to explain all the bullshit that goes on making this goddamn podcast. They're going to ask me a bunch of questions that I can't answer. We're going to talk a little bit about the characters and what we wanted, and what we liked about the campaign, and what we didn't like. Not Nothing. Perfect. <laughs> and I have lots of answers, but all of them not um, giveable yet. How did you enjoy the campaign, guys? That was good. I really, really, really enjoyed it. I, I, thought, think, it was, I thought it was really, really good. I thought it was like I really, really stepped up your game as a DM from the first campaign. I did try. That was unrecorded. Our first ever yeah, campaign. Oh, yeah, right. okay. our first ever campaign where these characters were made. I suppose I'd probably say a bit Trial about that. Basically, like we start. I basically forced. These guys. To play we were not forced. We were very intrigued. Well, After a oh, no, 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 you and I really wanted to do it with, and Henry, you got us into it. Yeah. And then you, Tholmy had, or Connor had never, never considered D and D before in his life. And Robin was like, Connor, you're coming. No, no, Connor, we're doing it at your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first episode was quite. No, the, no, the first, first game episode played. Was, I was sitting on the floor. You threw on a sofa in your lip. Was there someone, yeah, was someone's birthday we want, or something? Do no? we want to use this chance to just talk a little bit of what we, our characters have done before? I mean, I was going to do like a quick... It basically, for those of you, it doesn't matter to the story too much. Um, there'll be a slight reference to it, but it, it, I've made sure that it's nothing that... like, There's nothing in the first bit we played that you need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's what? Just that, like... Essentially, it was a slightly modified version of the Lost Minds of Fan Lover intro campaign, like the starter pack for D&D 5 yeah. um, I changed around a few things. Instead of goblins, it was like cultists. Um, and I changed the descriptions of a couple of NPCs. Mm. Um, I didn't change that pretty much. pretty much forced you to do that. Yeah, he pretty much did force me to do that. Um, I couldn't remember their names. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, funny enough, that's become a running theme. <laughs> um, but Sorry. like for those of you listening, like don't need to worry about it. It's not relevant. Um, really, I kind of towards the end of doing that, because that was my first time ever playing or DMing. I was I'd started to make my own world, which is this world you're playing in now. And I was at the time I was a bit like, I'd like to play in that, but I've already kind of done stuff with this world that doesn't fit. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I then was like, okay, cool. Um, what am I doing with this? Like what? Like what could go on from here? And I was a bit like, no, I really want to put these guys in the world that I've made because I'm proud of it and all that. And I was just like, I mean, I could just drop them into it. I'll go <laughs> with that. Which is and exactly what happened. Pretty much. And I kind of thought of like an overall thing that could be happening in that world. And then I was a bit like, oh, it can't just be a completely different world. So then I've added a bit extra onto it. Um, like, ha- like you guys transitioning into it and stuff like you guys were already established in the world beforehand you just have no memory of it mm-hmm. um, and all that kind of stuff um, yeah it's basically like the reason that it happened was I wanted to play in a world that I'd made and I had cool ideas for um, and I was, it was basically really poor DMing of me being like 
You die and wake up in it. Different place. Different place. <laughs> Good luck. Matrix. I think yeah. we've always, um, especially through, through the first campaign, it was mm. a lot of long breaks between us playing and mm. us not really understanding the game at all. Yeah. At no, all. Yeah. I think it was definitely... Like, I think I explained. The first campaign was definitely our learning curve. How Which it needs to happen. Like, yeah. There's no other way it yeah. could have really... I think I explained done. what a sneak attack is just so yeah, many times. Time and you were like, oh, can I cast this? I'm like, do you have the spells? I, I have What's no a spell idea. Slot? Like, I... Because I kept watching these guys doing attacks and I just didn't understand why I wasn't adding loads of stuff to my spells. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get this. What do I do? Yeah. I misuse precedentation all the time. Yeah. yeah. yeah you guys are a lot better at that now. I think generally, when I came in, I, I was very... When Henry mentioned to me at some very drunken poker night that we had, oh, um, shit. About we were like the last <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. wanting to start playing D and D, and I remember being like, "Oh my god, D and D, the nerdiest thing <laughs> in the world!" Like, I would not be caught dead playing Dungeons and Dragons. And now, like, it's it's my it's the one thing I look forward to every week. Um, but yeah. I. Kick the table there. <laughs> I think it was it, it was, was, a, it, was a ve- it was a very no. big learning curve to start playing, and because it was something that we'd never had much experience of, and you and don't, like you role don't play. Even play a huge and, number of games. Exactly, I was like literally. These three are much, were much bigger nerds than I ever was. My whole like nerd like background yeah. comes entirely from Star Wars and was only ever Star Wars and Pokemon to be fair lots yeah. of Pokemon yeah. but you guys were big into fantasy and I knew nothing about fantasy right. I hadn't even seen the Lord Sims of the Rings was... films like yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think it was it was very you know for us starting playing the first campaign it was definitely it was a lot for us to adjust to and it's something yeah. that I know I did yeah. not get used to for a long long mm-hmm. time yeah. Yeah. It Even, was the role playing we found the weirdest. The combat was fine. The, the role playing was super uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. And I think I know that you, James, made a very strange decision at first. Looking back, it's a bit of a strange decision that everything yeah. originally was a character that, but his character nature was that he didn't really talk. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah everything for the first two or three sessions that we played barely spoke a word. Yeah, it was a weird character choice that would never have worked in a podcast medium. Yeah, Yeah. he used a lot of grunting and like things like that, and it was fun at the time. And I think it worked really, really well for just some guys playing D anD. d It worked. It also worked well to get you used to it. And then over the first campaign, I morphed him into what is more like what he's more like now because I decided I didn't really want to play a silent character. It was getting a bit stale, and I wanted a talk a bit more and then I decided to do a Russian accent which was probably the worst decision the best decision (laughs) I remember like there was a point where I I had to do any long talking I had to do with Zipathane I would just revert back to me because I was just like this is appallingly difficult (laughs) and I'm so bad at it and it was just like you're getting better at it uh, I as like DM in the first time when we first started playing I never did any voices and then coming into this I'm, like, I'm gonna do voices mm. and it's been a rough ride but I think I'm getting it <laughs> I'm starting to get it I there's been quite a few times where I've had two NPCs in one scene both with different voices and I've been like oh shit I'm so stressed <laughs> <laughs> oh, multiple characters um, play. many times you've been like oh my god what was his voice and we're yeah. like should we Shall I read? Yeah. So what what we've what we've got Henry to do? Henry has written a brief, in inverted commas, 
synopsis of the entire campaign, mostly to help us because we've played this campaign over the best part of nine months. No, it's over a year. It's over a year. First episode yeah. was pretty much this time last year. The yeah. first recording we ever did, which was a test episode that we've never, we're never we will never release because it's gone. Yeah, um, I have it. That is. It's awful, but I have it. <laughs> what? When was this? That was the very last. We recorded the pretty much the, the very last. Not even the last episode. Not even the last. We we recorded the penultimate session, session. of our first campaign, and it, if I, if we ever released it, it would make no sense because pretty much what happens in it is you go into you speak to. Okay, when am I? No, you you speak to, dungeon, go to the mine, fight some slimes. Pretend to be strippers. Pretend to be strippers. Um, well, that, that, bit that, that, that bit we might release. That bit we might release. That bit was 500 pounds. Kill a bunch of bugbears and then go to sleep because you're tired. And then the next, the next, that's where it ends. And the next session is basically like what happened from but there. But that, that was when Doctor Strange came out. Yeah. That, that was the night, night of we Doctor Strange. Watched, we watched Doctor Strange. And we have to do, because we're really busy. So we have to do this stuff really late at night. Mm. So we like, come home from work and stuff and then just go and do this yeah. and then but like we did doctor strange that night and then came back at like midnight and, and recorded till yeah. like well yeah played well not no. until two or something oh no it wasn't a midnight show and doctor strange was it no, no it was, like, it was no. a late show but not quite midnight. yeah but that was that was because i remember when when we went to see thor or something or recently i my ticket for or some some memory of us do that on facebook or something of uh-huh. us going to see doctor strange came up oh, and cool. i was just like Fuck, this is a year since we started the yeah, testing yeah. Anyway, shall I read my yeah, the, synopsis? This was to mainly to remind us of exactly what's happened. happened. Because yeah. we've done a little bit of editing of the episodes so far. Yeah. So I know we know a little bit, but Henry's going to I'll read spend the next few minutes giving us a synopsis I'm of the entire... because I didn't read it beforehand. Yeah. And um, we are going to take some notes for some questions that we want to ask. Yeah. Okay, so I'll start from the beginning. This is in chronological order, so... The intro episodes are slightly out of order. Um, but So, Ibithane. Ibithane wakes up, running across a rocky slope, finding himself in some sort of battle royale. After taking an axe to a face, he wakes up again in a long hospital ward-like room, lying in a bed. He burns the clothes next to him and makes the poor receptionist give him others. He leaves, he leaves what he has now discovered as an arena and goes and tries to find his friends. He decides to spend a night in an inn just on the outskirts of town. During the night, he awakens to fighting outside. He runs out and fights a number of large snakes. During the fight, he enters some sort of trance and begins to be led off by one of the large snake creatures. The snake creature in question that's leading him off is killed by a guard with a halberd. The guard eventually is killed and Ibithane holds the dying body in his arms. Tholmi. Finding himself as part of an ambush, Tholmi attacks a lone carriage that seems to be moved by some kind of magic. He discovers the passenger, Selenia, a noble-looking woman who has been sent from her home of Olmsford a few weeks prior to head towards the, rivers, the city of River's Edge. Tholmy lets her go and returns to the carriage. He assumes the identity of the driver, a Mr. Alan Parisian, and heads towards the city. Upon his arrival, he sees a wanted poster on the wall with his name and face on it. He uses his magical powers to enter the city unharmed and heads towards the address found in Alan's diary. He receives payment for the, escorter, the escortation of Selenia and goes to sleep. During the night, Thormi is awoken in the guard barracks by a magical alarm. He goes with the flow and follows the others, the, the few others with him, in the barracks towards an apparent attack. Upon his arrival, he finds Ibithane surrounded by the bodies of many snakes and snake-like people, holding the dying body of a guard. Specifically, Ibithane holding the dying body of a guard. Uh, they rush to the nearest temple-slash-hospital, because it kind of left it 
um, obscure. It's it's specific. They are specifically hospitals, but they're religious at the same time. Um, and at the hospital, Ibithane has his wounds and elbows healed. Um, <laughs> is at this point they hear an explosion from outside and look up into the sky to see fire raining down. Nine. Nine wakes up in a wooden room immediately to find a gnome in full armor rush through the door, telling her to get ready and follow him. They rush up onto the deck of what she then realizes is a vast airship that appears to be under attack from who she's not sure. The attack goes badly and the airship is crashed into by some sort of large metallic bird. Tholmy and Ibithane rush towards the falling wreckage, stealing two horses along the way. They head towards the crash site and on the way find Nine walking through a field. The three of them head towards the crash site. Arriving at the crash site in the midst of a nearby forest, they see Dabith, the gnome Nine had previously met dangling from a tree. He is unable to get free. Nine gets him down and the three of them head towards the wreckage of the ship. They enter the ship and go into the remains of the cargo hold. There they find a number of crates. Before they are able to search them all, they are attacked by a large snake-like creature with nipples. Um, they dispatch him <laughs> with a little Very difficulty. Important. And Davith warns them that they need to leave soon. Before leaving, Ibithane finds the remains of a sword hilt in one of the open crates. They try to escape, but are unable to do so, being caught in the explosion of the ship. Awakening in a camp, Nine finds herself separated from the other two. Davith tells her of her place in the Order of the Gauntlet. She's a trainee of the Order, and he is her teacher. Uh, he is puzzled by her apparent loss of memory, but he puts it down to trauma sustained in the fall or the explosion. Uh, while Davith disapproves of her choice of companions, he decides that Nine's first solo assignment will be to investigate the local attacks. He recommends going to speak to the captain of the city guard in River's Edge. Meanwhile, he will return to the capital city and report back on what has happened here and the attack. Um, on their way to the town guard, the three go shopping. They then go to the town guard where they are told that they should start their investigation in a town known as Ownsford. The report an attack similar to that which happened last night, a few months ago. Uh, they're told that by far the quickest way to get to Ownsford is a direct path through the nearby forest, although this can be dangerous, so they advise to find good shelter at night. Two men of import are highlighted to them. Uh, Eldras, a blacksmith of some renown, and Miller, the town's mayor and the father of Selenia, who Tholmy had previously met. Um, the three set off, they are attacked by trees, and six months later, in real time, uh, they scare off a troll during the night. <laughs> they eventually arrive at Ownsford to find the southern gate completely destroyed as though it had been blasted in by some great heat. They explore the deserted area of the town until they spy out, a win out of a window a figure of a halfling looting the house across the street. The halfling turns out to go by the name of Filbert. He leads them up to the occupied part of town. Upon arrival, they find two men they have been told to find in the middle of an argument. Miller wants to abandon the town and head to River's Edge. However, the only direct route the one the players have just taken, is unsafe, especially for such a large group to travel. So, Eldra suggests staying and defending until more help arrives. That night, after spending, after spending some time in the town, the three assist in the defence of the town. Uh, they face off against a large abomination just outside the eastern gate. They return towards the main fighting to find Eldras and the other defenders of the town in the middle of a last stand. After one final attempt to rescue Eldras, they abandon him, running to the nearby forest to hide for the night. They follow a group of Ruanti to the entrance of a mine. They sleep and enter in the morning. They find a number of letters, one of which appears to be of the official Empire business, stating that a member of the Order of the Gauntlet will be dispatched to, to the mine to oversee exploration of what is believed to be the Underdark. They go deeper, fight a troll and a mimic, Ibithane finds a belt. They do some climbing and eventually find themselves in the Underdark. They are almost immediately attacked by a creature known as an Umberhulk. After the fight, the three begin their descent down the huge pillar they find themselves on. Partway down, the three are able to see distant signs of battle, 
A shockwave from this battle knocks Imithane off his footing. He pulls Thonley to his death with him. While crying over the dead, body of her, dead bodies of her friends, Nine meets Kiri, an elf, blue skin and, and silver hair. He takes the bodies to his town, revives the dead adventurers and gives them a place to rest until the resurrection sickness has worn off. Before their departure, Kiri gives the three a gift each, in the form of a magical item he has crafted for them. Kiri has a sphere near Flynn, um, by the name of Zamra, take them to meet Keek, a kobold scout in service to Kiri, who has been keeping an eye on the Yuan-Ti movements in the area. Keek leads them to follow a group of Yuan-Ti, leading a gang of prisoners. Uh, they follow them, eventually having to swim in a river where they are attacked by a chul. They defeat the chul without alerting the Yuan-Ti barge. <laughs> The river brings them out into an underground chamber containing the Yuan-Ti temple. They trick the barge pilots into leaving, giving the three the ability to approach the temple without being seen. They enter the temple, going down to the basement, and they find hundreds of people slowly being turned into mindless snake people by the ingestion of a foul poison. In this dungeon, they find Eldrass, half turned into one of these monsters, but they are unable to help them. The three explore the upper levels, finding a kitchen with the butchered remains of people, a temple-like room with a book written in a language none of them can understand, on the second level, they find a torture chamber, with a naked, unconscious member of the Order of the Gauntlet being tortured by one of the snake people. They dispatch the torturer and rescue the member of the Order, although she remains unresponsive. They head up to the next level, where they witness a gathering of sorts. A grey-skinned Yuan-Ti gives some sort of speech as his gathered followers before him, um, and he then retreats through the door behind him. In one of the adjacent rooms, uh, the three find a large painting of the Lord of the Gods, Ao, fighting a large black-skinned serpent. They continue up the stairs and study some, uh, into a study of some sort. Uh, they find maps of different towns. One of these is Olmsford, showing the routes of attack that had been carried out. Another of these maps appears to be of River's Edge. A number of important-seeming places were circled in red ink on the map. They carried on through one of the two doors leading from this room. They enter into a small chamber in which a magical darkness obscures half the room. Tholmy is then immediately taken over by some sort of mind control. It, while it's a hard fight, Nine and Ibithane manage to take Tholmy down. Tholmy finds himself looking down at his own body as Ibithane revives him from near death. The three then decide to take a tactical nap as Tholmy really did a number on them and Ibithane has run out of something he calls spell slots. Um, <laughs> during the rest, Tholmy realises that a strange pattern drawn on the middle of the floor with some candles uh, could be used as some sort of communication spell. He uses this to contact Davith and to tell him what is going on and the likely coming attack um, of River's Edge. Uh, Davis tells them that he's on his way back there now and he, he and his commanding officer will be back there much faster now uh, that they have this information to help prepare. The three leave the room after their rest and find a large rough walled room carved directly out of the rock. In the centre of the room is a well made of black stone. Above the well on the ceiling something is tunneled through the rock seemingly headed for the surface. As the three of them stand there debating on what to do, Zamra, the deep gnome who took them to be Keek, appears carrying a message from Kiri asking them how it's going. They ask her to take them back to Kiri, who then each gives them a potion of speed to help them in the fight to come. Zamra then takes them back to the surface near to River's Edge. They approach the city and see a large army of broodguard and pure blood standing outside the walls to River's Edge. They decide to enter the city on the other side, climbing the walls. Uh, it is here that they meet Craig. Yes. They meet with Davith, who had brought with him three other members of the Order to help defend the town. Mali, Margareta and Vryn, the commander. Soon after the attack begins... But as the amassed army begins to approach the walls, the ground begins to shake, and a creature resembling a hydra, with snake heads and all that, bursts through the ground in the centre of the city and begins to lay waste to the surrounding building. Nine and Tholmy move to fight the monster while Ibithane continues to hold the walls, but no sooner had Tholmy and Nine, with a little help, uh, destroyed the attacking hydra than 
the walls had fallen to the attacking Yuan Ting. Nine had noticed a dark-skinned figure moving in the direction of the temple. They had been moving in the direction of the temple. They immediately began chase. Uh, on their way to the temple, Nine and Fomi ran past Davith and his two companions, who were on their way to defend the civilians from the army, which had now completely broken their defences. At the cathedral, the three, with Craig, confront the dark-skinned Yuan Ti, who reveals his evil plan in a monologue before attempting to kill them. The fight is short-lived, however, as Craig attempts to throw a magic stone at the Mind Whisperer. Ibithane's magic, as it often does, goes wrong, and turns the young boy into a red dragon wormling. In his new form, Craig lunges forward and kills the enemy before flying off into the night. And that is a general summary of... That is a 2,209-word summary of <laughs> Season 1 of D&D. <laughs> Any questions? My first one. Roll initiative. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Why snakes as, like, the mean bad? Um, when I was writing this, uh, Bolo's Guide had just come out, and it had a lot about Yuan Ti, and I thought they were cool. Okay. Basically. I, just, I was just like, they're cool. I need... I was literally, like, being like, okay, they'll turn up in this world, and I had this... Big, like, oh, they turn up and immediately recognised as blah, 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 blah. And, like, um, I had a load of stuff about you not knowing where you were going, like, not knowing the world and being interrogated and stuff. And I was like, to be honest, it didn't work. Mm. And I was just like, all right, scrap that. We're playing next week. What's the idea I've got? Um, it was, like, the week before we were going to do our first, um, before we were doing the intros. Yeah. Um, and I just went, uh, well, I've got Volos, that just came out, mm. opened it up. I've been reading through it a lot and I really liked the UNT. And that kind of fitted in with, with some aspects of what I already had written. And I was just like, all right, I can slot them in there, change them around a bit, change a couple of things that they do. Um, that's why there's some inconsistencies between the UNT that you fight and the ones in the book, is that I changed some of their like social structure and religion and stuff. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of like, they were there, and I was just like, I need something that's good and fits in with what I've already got written that I don't like, and I can fit them in, slot them in, and rewrite the whole thing quite quickly. Uh -huh. um, uh -huh. So, yeah. No, I, I really like the snakes. I thought it was different yeah, to a lot of stuff, and it's a lot, yeah, I feel like it's the kind of different to a lot of fantasy stuff. Mm -hmm. Like it's Part of it was also that if I'd done kobolds, they're tried and tested D&D &D yeah. enemies. Yeah. Like, I could have done goblins but they're tried and tested D&D enemies. Yeah. I didn't want it to be like, straight away you are fighting gods, blah 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 blah. Yeah. I want it to be like a fairly standard enemy that like is feasible and makes sense for three level five characters to be fighting. Yeah. So, yeah. I quite enjoyed like the hierarchy that you could tell that they had, like the difference yeah. and strength between them. Like, yeah, they're all you anti, but there's different ones that have different mm. abilities and different. It gives a bit of a variety, yeah. and it was different because the snakes are a thing that some people do have a fear of. So it is yeah. quite cool to bring that kind of aspect into it. When there was like, I think we were on the ship and you were actually fighting like swarms of snakes. And at first I was kind of like, is the bit is the big boss is going to be like this river of snakes coming <laughs> towards us? I'm like, fuck. Yeah. That's yeah. something I wish I'd use more of is swarms of snakes. They, <laughs> they were cool. Fun. They were yeah. difficult to fight as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah was I was cool. editing that episode the other day and we sounded so pissed off. Really. <laughs> it just felt like I edited so much of that because we were just there for hours That's trying to take right. down these snakes. Yeah. <laughs> Whose question was that? For me. That was kind of... Mine was wise snakes. I have a question. Robin's question. Is the boy in the river really dead? Yes. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> 
He's dead. Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, the kid is already dead. Johnson Morris is already dead. Miller and Filbert are both dead. Eldras. Oh, uh, Shannon Filbert is dead. Not Filbert. Filbert is dead. Um, uh, Eldras is a brood guard. Oh. Um, can we keep him as a pick? Can we find? You need to find which one he is. They all look the same to you. Um, it's not fully brood god, he was half. Uh, we went for... He might have changed. Yeah, they, they had time to feed I've him. I've got one of his shields, he might recognise it if I hit him with it enough times. Um, do you know, uh, any other questions about who's dead? I have <laughs> several questions that are some about one about, I have one about the world, mm-hmm. one of, well, two about, one about me, mm-hmm. one about me and Dolny, mm-hmm. or Iberthane and Dolny, and another one for nine. Yeah. Okay, well, hit us with one. Okay, so I'll, I'll end with the world one, because I think it's a bit more difficult. Right. Okay. Yeah, be more than that. Am I ever going to fucking find out what all of the ones I have rolled on the magic table where you go, <laughs> it's alright, don't worry about it? Do Am I going to find out what they are? Some of them, yes. Some of them, it depends on whether it comes up. Yeah. Because it is something that... Some of them are things that have changed about your character, but only in very specific situations. And I haven't come up to them. And you haven't come up to them. If you do come up to them, it will be blatantly obvious. Some of them are quite good, some of them are quite bad. Ah, this is difficult. Okay. The other one is related to that sort of thing as well. It's like, are we going to be finding out in season two, Mm -hmm. like, will we be figuring out at some point that? Will it be early on, late on, when when Tholmy and everything start to discover what's gone wrong with their resurrections? Um, it will most likely start to come out in season two. Yeah. Because we genuinely don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. We, we, we genuinely we, don't. Know. We 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 meta game a bit, but we're we're relatively good at like you yeah. you keep secrets from it. Like I genuinely have no idea what the wrong ones Ibertane and Roald are. And... Mm-hmm. So I try to get stuff out of Henry, but he gives me nothing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, that'll that'll come out in season two. Um, more. So far, yeah. I get the idea that Ibertane is seeing souls. Or he has something to do with that, and Tholmy seems to have lost his. I just say I've died so many times, <laughs> <laughs> and not none of them have been my fault. <laughs> that is also true, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, could... yeah, that that was not my bad. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. When um, that when that happened, it was totally unplanned. No, oh, like, that was that so was genuinely. I did want to talk about that. That was one of the best, the best moment. Yeah, best moments I was ever playing any role playing game. Was that was the moment? I know the movie best is the wrong word, but the most emotive moment that we've mm. ever had was when me and everything died because we know Henry and we we genuinely thought that he had just killed us and yeah. that we weren't coming back. So like yeah. that was kind of a scripted moment um, to introduce Kiri. Yep. It didn't go how I wanted. It. <laughs> <laughs> there was other stuff that was supposed to happen. Um, which is why when you were going down, you saw a big battle off in the distance and all that. It was stuff yes. to do with that and the shockwave hitting you and like there was other stuff that was supposed to essentially happen between you being on the pillar, getting to the bottom of the pillar and getting to roughly where he was. Yeah. When that happened, I was just a bit like, ah, why did I write that? Yes. <laughs> why did I write a deck save that could kill them? Yeah. So that's kind of a learning point for me. Like, well, I'm I'm not the best DM in the world. Like, I try my best, but I'm still learning. Yeah. Um, 
I think there so were like, a lot of things that we could have done there as well because um, yeah, Lane had the feather fall belt mm-hmm. that if we'd grappled onto her, we might have been able to get. You'd have taken. Mm-hmm. I'd have seen. <laughs> I had just fallen down, but at a slower rate, I'd seen my friends splat. Yeah, that's pretty much feet. what happened. Yeah, like, exactly. But because the feather fall belt doesn't work for two people; it only works for one. Mm. Yeah. But there, there would have been stuff you could have done. Like, part of it may have been that Ivathane didn't have all his spell slots. Um, yeah, because you could have cast Blink or something. You could have cast Blink or something, which yeah. may have helped. Blink um, allows me to teleport to 10 feet, and stuff, so I could just like hit the gr- like about to hit the ground yeah. and teleport. On you could have done stuff like that, and like, a re- like really, Tholmy shouldn't have fallen off. Um, I, I just, oh, no, no, well, no, didn't. I dragged yeah. him off, let's I be honest. My, I passed my save. Yeah, so like, that was a bit of a messy moment, but it worked out well, because I was a bit like, I was straight away like, oh crap, cut all that out, Kiri, turn up, you... Because I've got a specific character sheet for him, mm. and I was just like, "Oh, he is strong enough that he and can think, resurrect them." And we probably get maybe get some criticism for like the fact that we just sort of within an episode were resurrected, but like you generally had a character powerful enough to do it. Yeah, I, I'd already and pre-written him in. If he hadn't been written into that point, you would have killed us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think a lot of, for Dini for me, uh, so much of it is about the story as mm. opposed to the game. Yeah. So I thought, you know, what's the point in playing? You know, hundred percent to the game. Mm-hmm. Which is why we use the rule of cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the rule of cool is super. We've already properly point. started invoking it more recently, but in general, I live by the rule of cool. If something sounds like Ibithane using whirlwind to fly, that's just not in the rules whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. I was like, okay, he has a whirlwind coming out of a wand. It kind of makes sense. Let's yeah. play no, with it. Exactly. Let's, pl- let's just have a go with it. Like, and uh, we, we 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 know we we don't just like throw the rules out the window. Like I had to do. Lots of checks. Yeah, so I was just like, I'm not just gonna be like, yeah, you can fly. I'm we like, just okay, modify you have to... the rules to make it work yeah. for what we want. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what everyone does with D and D is that you use the rules to the to the point that you want. If you want to play it by the book, you play it by the book because that's you enjoy what you I get mean, out of that. At the end of the day, you have like a cyclone coming from a wand. It's not that much of a leap. <laughs> to yeah. Like there's I the rules. The, the rules of this world are quite loose. Mm. So yeah. some people will say, oh, they shouldn't have been resurrected. Blah blah blah. Technically. Um, Kiri should have waited 24 hours to resurrect the other one, but that, all that would have done would be, okay, you wait a day, he then gets resurrected, and then mm. it's a, just a bit of an extra wait. So I was a bit like, he can do both. He's, like, he is powerful. The character is powerful yeah. enough that in my head I was just like, you know what, he'd be able to do two resurre- t- resurrections. He has the spell slots for it. Mm. Like, And we decided that we we didn't mind the, the long rests that we, you know, several days that we took to basically negate the problems of being resurrected mm-hmm. in turn for basically using this table to generate and your modifications yeah. on it to generate more permanent problems mm-hmm. for being resurrected. Also yeah. it you waiting around that long did have effects on what you encountered when you got to um, the temple. So do you wanna do you wanna talk a little about how waiting around can affect the story now then? So waiting around can affect the story. Um, <laughs> I met, uh, to be honest, I may as well throw it out there. If you guys hadn't waited around when you got to, um, so when you guys got to the temple, originally Eldrass was supposed to be fine. Oh, oh shit. But I was just like, oh, it's been five days. Oh, don't oh, tell no. me this stuff. Uh, it's been five days and they would have fed him this by now. So oh, I rough. then, in the in Bodo's guide, it's got a thing of like how they turn people into broodguard. So oh. I had you guys do a lot of highs and lows of him slowly turning into a broodguard. Is that what the highs You know when I asked all of you, you highs, you lows, oh, you highs, I you lows. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was him him and um, 
uh, him and Filbert turning into Brugard. Oh, Filbert completely turned into, he partially turned into. Uh, because you waited around for five days. I was just like that. Because kind of what I generally try and do with my story, well, what, the way I generally try and run campaigns is that stuff is going on and it will continue to go on whether or not you see it. So it's not like, because what most people do, or like, which is a very good way of doing it, um, is that like you turning up is the trigger for something happening, which works perfectly most things but like I like to give my world like a sense of fluidity if that's the right word of like if if you guys turned around and like I'm just gonna go to the pub I'd let you go to the pub and mm. the river's edge would have still been attacked yeah. wouldn't have found out or wouldn't have completely run, overrun so it's like just to make it seem a bit more like your actions have consequences I generally try and if you guys miss something, it'll happen anyway. Yeah. Right. Which came in again when you guys took their nap at just outside of the well area. And I was a bit like, well, that was about to happen. I, the big bad guy wouldn't wait for them to get healed. He would just go ahead with it. So he's just going to go ahead with it. And that added on maybe two sessions. And I was just like, yeah. at the end of the day, it works. Because mm. I think like one of the worst things for what you could feel as like a player is that Firstly, for me, anyways, that your DM's like BBing you in a way and kind of like yeah. protecting yeah. you. Because, mm-hmm. like, like, obviously, you do play it for the story, but you want to be almost realistic in the sense that things do have consequences as such. You don't really feel as if I am only level one, but I'm going to go fight this level 20 frost giant or whatever it is. But my DM will save me because mm-hmm. story reasons and stuff. You know, you don't. Yeah, like, that, that's not enjoyable. We're recording a podcast, but we're just. We're also enjoying playing the game. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not. Yeah. Like, I'd be. I would be really, really sad if Everthane died. Mm-hmm. But I would just make us play a private game where he's alive oh. again. <laughs> yeah. If Everthane dies, I'm giving you Craig's character sheet. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which leads on to like, so when you two died, I genuinely thought you were dead. Which yeah. is why I basically just went completely insane. I just went and, and, uh, yeah, popping I, fit and quiet. Yeah, which I will admit that I cried during that because I was like, these are two characters I've played with for... Two years, almost? Yeah, the first D&D characters that I've ever played with. Um, we all knew each other really, really well. Your characters were really well, and I was like, I don't want to play with new characters in this stage as such. Like, that kind of shook me a wee bit, and I wasn't prepared for it, so how did you two feel? Do you remember when I, we I, first I started we're... the podcast process, and I said, should we make new characters so we don't accidentally kill off our favourite characters? And you guys were like, no! <laughs> I think another really big thing for Nain in that moment, um, I think we were talking about this one time we were walking home, was that how, something about how, how she feels alone, and it's like coming out of her backstory in the fighting pits, um. and never really having like, proper friends mm. and whenever she had sort of like friendships made they were she's a character was pitted against them in fights mm. and now that she's sort of escaped that these are the two people the first people she's really been able to kind of open herself up to and build some sort of relationship with if you'd had to make a new character in that or what what were your thoughts going through at that point did you think you had died and you had to make a new character or i genuinely thought that I had died, like, Fipathena died, and I was both simultaneously, my first thought was, fuck, I'm drawing him at the moment, I'm not done. (laughs) 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 I was really pissed off, but I, um, no, I genuinely didn't know what to think about it. I've been playing around a couple of ideas, because we we always talk about, like, future campaigns that we might want to do and stuff, and I think 
I, for one, when we when I ever play role playing games online or you know, MMORPGs or anything like that, one of my favorite things about it is character creation. Mm. I yeah. love it, and it's one of my favorite things to do in um, in um, when I DM is you know think up new characters, think of what their names would be, what are their motivations, what they're going to be like, and I love that sort of stuff. So I think I would have been alright making a new cat. I would have been really sad about it, the thing, yeah. not being it anymore. But I wouldn't. I'd have been up for making a new character, and I've got a couple of characters scrolled away for like either future campaigns or for this if I ever needed one of them. I think, but I don't know. I think for me, I was I I didn't I, it didn't actually occur to me. I thought I thought that um, Thalmy had died, but it didn't occur to me that I was going to really need to make a new character or anything. I think I was just very engrossed in the story at that point and what was actually happening because. Mm. It, it was a very, very, very big story point, and it was, you know, sad, but a, a gripping, gripping mm-hmm. in terms of the story. So I wasn't really thinking much about what was, what the consequences of, and what it was going to mean outside of the game. Mm-hmm. So, from a story perspective, that's all I could really think of. Mm. Yeah. Um, and Henry, you were saying so the the moment where we so we had just we were entered into the room where. Um, I got so Thalmy got affected by the Crown of Thorns. A modified version spell. Already, yeah. And the other two got pitted against me. Mm-hmm. Um I really, really enjoyed that bit. I thought that was a lot of fun. I know that I know that Robin didn't like that so much. It'll be interesting to can you hear why? See, the, the reason I put that in there was I was a bit like, Okay, I've got this room. What do I do with it? Yeah. And I was a bit like, it doesn't make sense that there'd be a specific enemy there. What could be there? It could be that dude, but I didn't want his fight to be there. I was a bit like, I'll just get rid of the room. And I was just like, nah, but it has that communications thing in it, which I was a bit. (laughs) No, I didn't. Oh, wait, no, we didn't actually. You didn't waste it, which you used it for pretty much what I thought you would use it for. Okay. Um, It was either that or that I was going to be like, okay, they're going to contact, try and contact Xanthia on it. Little do they know it doesn't work across the planes. Um, But sending did, luckily, so you got to speak to Xanthia. but, uh, and then I was like, okay, I'll put it in there just in case they do go. And then it was pretty much as we were pl- like, as we started playing, I was just like, oh, they're approaching there. I could just make them fight each other. That'd be interesting. We've yeah. never done PvP. Yeah. I was just like, Crown of Thorns can make you do that. and only makes you do it for a bit. But if I just modify it, he's a powerful snake man. He could probably do that. Yeah. I was just like, I don't know. And then I made you all do a, the save. And realistically, what I was hoping would be that you all pass the save and last one standing then no you all fail the save and the last one standing would have been just one of you which probably just because the way it worked would have been nine <laughs> just because she has the most health points and uh, I was yeah kind of imagining nine standing there being like i killed them again <laughs> 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 was what i kind of but then thought of me happened i was just like all right Thalmy gets to use the darkness then because the darkness was there already yeah and originally it was going to be that if everyone had been affected it was going to be that oh you can all still it, the darkness spreads now you can't see anyone but you all really want to kill each other yeah, and it's yeah. Just like you flailing around in the dark trying to attack each other not really knowing who you were hitting and I thought oh Thalmy's been affected he can see it gives him an advantage 2v1 seems alright yeah. so it, it just kind of it went kind of fluidly like that I enjoyed that bit I must admit I really enjoyed it from a uh, from a plain kind of point of view I really really loved it 
the, the bit that really held me back and, and that I, I felt really conflicting in it was I had only recently just killed Balmy. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the concept of having to do it again, <laughs> this time on purpose, was somewhat conflicting. Huh? Yeah. I think, as well, like, it form Nine's kind of character perspective, it would be like, it, that's that's similar kind of being of for fuck's sake you just died and now I'm having to actually kill you to mm. make stop me from hitting this and also I, I find that a really interesting from a story perspective it's just you played it so fucking well and it was yeah. so frustrating <laughs> it's just, it took so long to act just like just make this easy please we just we all want the same thing yeah. realistically please can we just end this I think it was very important it'd be very easy to meta game that kind of thing and be like oh I yeah kudos I'll kudos to you for playing it properly that was yeah. really good yeah, but I think it did piss me off. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. And afterwards, you didn't give me the message circle, and it did piss me off. Yeah, <laughs> you still have the sending scroll. Oh, I had the sending scroll. And the message circle wouldn't have worked. I would have punched you in real life if you hadn't given me that message <laughs> scroll. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think the sending circle, the message circle, wouldn't have worked. But the sending scroll does because that was working. Mm-hmm. I think um, one. Because Tholmy only only recently, I think only since getting to like level five and six, Tholmy's become a lot better at combat, and one of his mm-hmm. main things is being able to avoid attacks, mm-hmm. which I think is why you guys found it so difficult. But it play your her. advantage just so uh, well with the whole darkness thing. Yeah, and the sneak I, I think it was played perfect. You so, of all of us to have got hit by that, yeah, you were the I think, perfect one. Yeah, and I, I think it really, with the darkness in it, with your ability to avoid attacks and get bonus damage on us, it balanced you into like almost the perfect boss for us to fight. Yeah. Because yeah. it really did matches that you could properly take two of us on. Because you would definitely, like, you could have easily won that battle if it had you gone. If, if, if the dice had been unkind to us, you could have beaten us both. Yeah. I think that's a lot of what... Ho, ho, ho. Hold up. <laughs> just, just... Uh, 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 yes. I mean, I, I, I seem to remember doing most of the damage in that combat because I was using all of my area effect nukes. <laughs> no, I can't see him just hit everything in the yeah. room. <laughs> Thunderbolt! I really, really loved that scene because it really tested us as characters yeah. as well and like our emotions like putting up against each other and then the following bit with the, the mad satanic messaging portal mm-hmm. thing that was a real conflict of interest i feel between um all of us because we all had people that we wanted to contact because mm-hmm. i like um for tholmy a lot of it was to do with a lot of the reason that he's on going through on this adventure is because he wants to find out um about his father and where he is, whether or not he's dead, and why he was sort of like hidden away. That's on originally island. why he started adventuring. In the exactly, world. and the reason why everything starts as adventuring was sort of off looking for Xanthia. So there's a sort of big conf- conflict of interest in there, and I think because the Tholme is chaotic neutral, so I although he's got this very strong friendship with everything, I think you know I think his automatic response would be to go and check for his dad, but you couldn't find him for story reasons. And then I think we probably made the right decision with trying to contact Dabith. I think we all sort of talked about it for a bit and we thought, right, mm. you know, in a story situation, that's probably what we would do. Then I think it worked out well um, that with the sending scroll that I'd sort of been keeping in my bag. <laughs> hidden, yeah, we managed to get that thing with Xanthia and I really enjoyed that bit. Yeah, yeah that was cool. I, I wasn't expecting to bring Xanthia into early. 
I'm not gonna lie. I was like, soon after I gave, when I gave you the sending scrolls, they're like, oh, they can contact like if they go away, they can contact like it was whoever they need the to. The first thing I thought of. And then the I was, first thing the we second all thought I, I wrote it down as like, oh, I'll give them that when they go and do that, and then like I gave it to you, and I saw James's face light up, and I'm like, oh shit, I should get Xanthia written because he's gonna use it for that. I mean, um, yeah, like, unlike any other characters that we've ever played in any, in podcasting or private game or anything that we've ever done, these characters are, I mean, we've been playing these characters now for two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two years, yeah. and we, like, we spent, like, a holiday messaging each other about our backstories, and, like, uh, we wrote them up, and I wrote, like, a Word document for everything's backstory, and wrote it like a story, mm. and, and uh, we've been doing these things for, like, like... I mean, just sort of know exactly what they would want to do. Like, I constantly think about Xanthir in my head because I'm waiting for him to come up in story. And like, whenever we're playing, I'm like, I wonder if Xanthir's going to come in anytime soon. Or something like that. There's a big story thing around Xanthir that it isn't like directly him, but he's involved in bringing a lot of stuff out later Mm. on in what I'm planning. He may or may not, depending on whether you actually find him. (laughs) Yeah. Um, which you will, I'm sure. The beauty of this game, isn't it? Is that yeah. you never really know what's going to I never happen. really know what you're going to do. Um, and the same goes for you two as well, like your backstory, stuff written about them. Like, Nine finally got another contact from that weird voice in her head towards hey. the end. I was a bit like, oh, she kills it. How'd she get oh, That'd be cool. That made me so and, and it's like, yeah. I was a bit like, I've been meaning to bring in that at some point. Now's a very good time to. Um, and Tholmy's backstory, I, did, I have found in general a bit more difficult to bring in, but I've figured out a way recently to bring that in yeah. later on as well, around the same time as everything else. So, I think I think Tholmy's backstory, I think when we were all writing backstories originally, I still wasn't fully committed to the D&D yeah. idea. Um, Cause you, I seem to remember your backstory literally was made up during the first one of, one of our <laughs> first sessions where you said, yeah. "I don't know, he's from some fucking island or something." Yeah, <laughs> I think, and, and I remember because I was like, "The Moonshade Isles, they're all," and you were like, "Yeah, fine." We've got fairies. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> fairies. Yeah, there's so much of it because, like, you know, it took me far too long to realise that Tholmy's backstory is literally Luke Skywalker. We, I think, we, I think James. Oh, mentioned that to me quite early on. He was just like, oh, his backstory really reminds me of Star Wars. And I was just like, yeah. <laughs> Very nice. But see, the thing is, I'll, in some ways, uh, you know, Epithanes is very like that as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a, a Star Wars character you could relate it to really well. Like, I mean, what? It's kind of like Obi-Wan, isn't he? Because his mentor's gone. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, but it's that same sort of thing. I mean, it's a running theme of all of our fucking characters in lots of our different things. It's fucking father problems, more parent problems. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we have a lot of fav- family trouble. Yeah. I think like, that's not true in real life. No, <laughs> it's not. Yeah. We all have... I think it's just I'm like sorry, those so. kind of relationships are quite interested and make for quite cool, complex stories. I'm not saying it's an easy way to make a character mm, yeah. complex, but it's... It's something that you can really play around with, and you a lot of people can respond to it can because you know, yeah. of their own reasons or yeah. something that's kind of easy to get on board with. And, and I don't know if it's felt maybe it's something because I don't know about you, Robin, but like I think for us three, definitely 
because we're obsessed with Star Wars. One hundred percent. Hundred percent obsessed with Star Wars. Yeah. That the whole thing is all about family, families, yep. and family problems and stuff like that. And like, there's so many other things that I like that are like, that got that backstory in it. That yep. sort of, you know, even even if you look at it like the new Star Trek movies, the ones that came started in two thousand and nine, like Jim Kirk trying to prove himself. The f- because he wants to be as good as his dead father yeah. was when he died a hero and all that sort of stuff. Yep. Like, there's so many family things in... Because mm. in, yeah. in it's instant emotional connection. Yeah. So yeah. it and, works. And it's, it's, it's all over Marvel and stuff as well, because Tony Stark, that's all about his dad. Yeah. And yeah. Um, Star... Ryan, it's all about your family. Yeah, Star-Lord, that's all about his dad. And, yeah. like... There's one thing that actually, especially with Star Wars, I mean, like, you'll never hear me say much bad about Star Wars, but... The family Sand. thing, yeah. Except episode, except episode two. You'll find Spinning. me complain a lot about Star Wars. <laughs> pod racing. But, but not the pod racing. Good. Um, pod racing's the best but one bit of the things that does annoy me about one of the things that does annoy me a bit about Star Wars is the whole family connection thing. And as soon as Ray and that's came on out, tape. Yes. I know. As soon as, soon as like the mm-hmm. Force Awakens come out, everyone's like. Who watched Ray's parent lineage yeah. and Daisy Ridley saying, "Look, it doesn't matter." Yeah. You know, in other things, and there's, you know, who gives a shit who Superman's dad is or like that. You know, yeah. it's like for a lot of things. And we all we all care about who Superman's mum is. I know fuck all about Superman. So Martha. Martha. Why? What? Why did you say that name? It's an incredibly poor, important thing, apparently. Anyway, any more questions? I have a question for nine. Oh, bollocks. Well, no, Robin. Questions for... Wow. No, I have one, just because you don't have to, like... It's not like I... Okay, no, I'll ask the question first. I, it's... Because it's been mentioned in the campaign that your number nine is from the what the Order of the Gauntlet has given you. Mm. We know that from your original backstory, it was because of the fighting pits you were assigned the number. Yeah. We've been, gone over that in the podcast. But you've been told that you've been assigned this number, and then when you become a full member of the Gauntlet, you have to choose a name. <laughs> I don't want you to say if you've come up with any names, because it'd be a nice surprise for us anyway, but have you actually put any thought into a real name for Nine? I don't know, because I've grown really attached. You know, I do see her as Nine, in a way, There because... is no way in hell we are calling you it. <laughs> but, um, I'll... The whole backstory of that is that, like, oh, you, when you're training, you're becoming a new person. Um, so you, you go by a number. Um, so you are the ninth person that Davith has trained, which is why you are number nine. Um, and then when you become a full-fledged member, you're a new person, so you choose a name. Um, that's just kind of like... I was a bit like, oh, nine's a weird name to have. Yeah. What reason could that? And I was just like, oh, okay, she's a trainee in the order rather than a full member. Mm-hmm. And that could be why, and that kind of added a load of extra stuff onto it, which just to kind of make you it fit better and make sure that everyone didn't think you were called something else, so like you didn't turn up in. So like I felt like it'd be a bit weird. I originally did think about like, oh, okay, she turns up and everyone calls her something else, and she's just like, no, no. And then and I was a bit like, yeah, but I, I I wouldn't know how to role play through that all of that. I'd be a bit like, no, because this is your name. And I very explicitly didn't want to say this is your character's name because I know. It's gonna be a personal thing, probably. Whether or not you want to ever give her a name is your choice, and I was a bit like, I don't want to force that on someone. That sucks. Oh shit! That's actually such a good point. We were talking about the fact that our backstories are Star Wars. Your backstories is actually Star Wars. What? Your backstory is from a comic, a Star Wars comic book called um, uh, Dawn of the Jedi. Oh, it is. 
It really is. Because when you and I were talking about it, I'd recently read it, and I was just like, Shit, it was in my yeah. head. It's, it's like a weird modified kind of, like, they weren't fighting pits kind of thing, but it was like, that modified version of the, the, the sort of force hounds or something, kind of have that number, yeah. right? but not a number, it's their name, but it's like stitched onto each part of their body. Sort yeah. of thing, so they I keep... think that's where we got the idea for yeah. that, but yeah. then I was like, that translates quite well, because the whole reason of them having, her having like the number on her was for identification purposes, like because mm. in the fighting bits, people just got ripped to shreds and it could have been like mass groups at a time. So it was mm. to identify who actually survived and who was Yeah, it's sick. I, I love that idea so much. Yeah. I think, because that's where Nine came from. Volmi yeah. came from... Volmi is the name of another expanded universe Jedi. Was it actually? Volmi is. Did use the Star Wars name generator? No, Volmi is a. Uh, Volmi is, is an expanded universe. Of course generator. it is. And like, I, I actually. <coughs> I can't remember how thought you'd come up with it and been creative. But no, no. No, of course it's Star Wars. Um, I can't <laughs> remember much about the characters. It, it's a character that I used to like as a kid. Well, back when, because I, I knew very little about the expanded universe back then, but I knew, you know, bits about certain Jedi's, and Thalmy was one of them. But he's got very, very little story point in the Star Wars universe, and none of that is canon now anyway. <laughs> so this Thalmy is more canon than the other one. And what about Ibithane? Right, no, yeah, so Ibithane is like, from a childhood nickname, which is Ibo. Yeah. Which is what I'm known as at home. Um... And then when I, a lot of the time when I play MMORPGs, I, I wanted a sort of fantasy sounding thing related to my name because I always used to go by Ibo Man or something like that mm. in lots of games. And then I decided that in a fa one fantasy game once, I just decided, fuck it, I'll put, I think it was like, God, it might have been Guild Wars 2 or something like that. Mm. And I, I just decided to put, Ib I thought Ibo, Ibothane, and I've got like it a was. couple of online names like Ibothane and Ibothor, and I use Ibothane for pretty much everything now. And it works. Yeah. So yeah. If you ever come across Ibithane on an online game, hey! Hey! <laughs> Give me <But> gold. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, Tholmy was a Jedi Master during the years of the Galactic Republic, who served in both the Star, uh, Hyperspace War, and the Clone Wars. Mm. And he's got a whole Wikipedia page, which has got a lot of information on it, and there was a lot more written about him than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to oh, take the name back. <laughs> yeah, no, there's actually. Jesus, that is tons. Shit, tons. Damn. Is he in one of the animated series? Is that why there's so? Don't think so. I don't. He's not. He's not in comics. I think he's, he's in comics. It'd be weird if it turns out you don't pronounce it Tolme. 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 Yeah. I have one last question based on because I just wrote down a couple questions when we went through that stuff. Right. So the backstories that we've all mentioned, the character. Our characters believe those, you know, the the you know, they know them as their backstories mm -hmm. because we don't remember this world at all. Yeah. And you know, we've got like your father, the voice in your head, and stuff like that. And then we've now proved that the voice in in Nine's head and Xanthir both exist in this world. Mm -hmm. Plus, the hilt of the Sunblade that Nine w used to wield in our previous world exists in this one. Mm -hmm. So I have that. Yeah, I have that. The previous world existed. Yeah. And this is—is uh, is it still like connection? Because things from that have come through into this world. But how does that work? Is it difficult to say without spoilers? It's difficult or? to say without part of season two being spoiled. But there is, there is the world. The, there world, is the previous world exists. Yeah. It still existed. It's not like it's just. Disappeared. Yeah. It, like everything that happened 
before all your backstories and everything happened. Okay. It's not like, oh, that's what you remember, but it's not, no, it, it happened. It happened. Oh, that's good. Yeah. But we're established in this world and we don't remember what we've been doing. I specifically chose intro, like, placements that would be kind of ignored. So part of the whole joining the Order of the Gauntlet is that you forego who you were before. So the person yeah. that... Yeah. So Nine, according to everyone, like, that knows her or has any chance of knowing her, like... She turned up what uh, all that they care about is that she's a member of the Order of the Gauntlet, and every like they would never ask about your backstory, what of what you were doing in this world. They wouldn't be like, Oh, where did you grow up? and then you have to say, Oh, in River's Edge, or anything like that, because mm -hmm. they would never ask that specifically. Tholmy was with a band of thieves, thieves mm -hmm. that are now dead. Were oh, they dead as well? I was gonna they ask, they all died about. in the intro, yeah. yeah. Um, did they die? Yeah, oh, they were. Did they actually die in the fuck? They did die. In the they combat. did die in the combat. Yeah, so yeah. now, like the only per the first person technically that he met in this world was Selenia, um, who originally intended to be not a particularly big character, and yeah. then Thalmy like chased after her for a while, and was just like, all right, I actually could play around with this. Maybe yeah. Right. And then Ibethane was an unknown fighter in, in the gladiatorial arena. Yeah. From He's a land. So unknown anymore. From a land beyond. <laughs> Here, so no one, because everyone assumes you're from the Dragonborn Kingdom first to the south. So, is our memories of this world that we've had up to this point is that something that's ever going to return to us, or is that something that we should just accept? It's just something you should just accept. It's a line in the sand. It's a line in the sand. Okay. Okay. No, that's yeah. fair enough. Mm, For now. Oh. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not it, interested in you at the moment. No, it's <laughs> it's a line in the sand. It is. No, okay, cool. Because that's just. I mean, that helps me with the role playing of that. It's not something that I want to continue pursuing. Then. Yes. Yeah. Like, if, if really, if you wanted to, I'd be like, okay, I'll find, I'll figure out something that you would do beforehand, blah blah blah. But you don't need to. Like. No, that's fine. Okay. Um, I wanted to talk for a little bit about NPCs because mm -hmm. I feel like we had some really, really fantastic <laughs> NPCs in this campaign. Um, so I don't know, Robin, who was your favourite NPC? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, who did we have? So, Craig definitely gets an honourable mention. Definitely Absolutely, Craig. Yeah. Um, I, did love, I did love Kevin. Kevin was good banter. Honestly, the, it's a it's a fucking potion. No, it Kiri. has to be the potion seller for me just because of her voice. I die every single. I accept this Worth it for that. Oh. <laughs> I would like to thank. <laughs> okay, in that case, in that case, it would have been voices and noises. I want to put forward Craig. <laughs> for the noises he made during combat because that was some of them <laughs> that was, was very good some of my favourite stuff like I, I, I so enjoyed that I think it's strange how our two favourite NPCs were ones who were meant to have zero yeah. point in the story I was, they, they were like, just, I, was I came up with them in the moment like two I was, characters that never should have like been I was, I was editing the episode where we come across the potion seller the other day <laughs> and, he was, and Henry was actually like I need to think of a, a voice for this old woman and it's like obviously like had no point in the story apart from to give us some cool magic shit I was just um, like I was just like oh there'll be a potion shop with some old lady yeah Whatever, it doesn't really matter. It was brilliant. And then they're like, oh, they want to talk to her. 
<laughs> right. This has happened so many times in our campaigns. It's just like the most random of people, and then we turn like, like, um, Carl. Carl. No, Carl. Oh uh, yeah. Carl. So, in the first campaign we played, there <gasps> was Carl. a young boy called Carp, and they loved him because I just did him as like a little boy. Hi. Um, for those of you that listened to it, it was kind of like a more immature Angus MacDonald from the Adventure Zone because that was his ex- his inspiration at the time. Yeah. Oh, I can see it though. Yeah, that was. I was just like, oh, I want a character a bit like that, and I just threw him in because we weren't recording it at that point. I was just like, I'll just steal from everyone. That <laughs> character is where I started turning Ibethane into an idiot. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because Carp. Roll very well on the persuasion thing to no, tell you. No, you roll very low on it. Basically, he was a small child and <laughs> they'd been off. Be a wizard. <laughs> yeah, they'd been off saving um, people, like, they'd been off doing the lost, the, the side quests in Lost Minds of Found Lever. Um, and they came back, and every time they came back, he greeted them, being like, What have you been off doing? And then oh. they told him, and then Cart, then Cart would be like, Yeah, well, I, I, I killed a wizard. And then Ibithane was like, and James rolled a dice and was like, okay, I rolled very low on my intelligence test. Like, you killed the wizard? <laughs> <laughs> and then he turned to Nine and Tholmian and was just like, this young boy killed the wizard. <laughs> this is, you are the most powerful six-year-old that I've ever met. <laughs> he was telling his mum. Yeah, and he was like, you know your son killed a wizard. <laughs> I was like, everyone, I think that's when I decided that it was, I really enjoyed, because I think it is, it's just like, you, whatever you enjoy playing. Like, yeah. I'd play, we've played a couple of different characters that, to us, a lot of my characters are idiots. But, <laughs> but yeah. like, I, I, I mean, like, I played, some, like, in some of our private stuff as, private stuff as well, it's just like, we play whatever I find funny, or yeah. whatever I yeah. enjoy playing, and I really, I think at that moment I find I really enjoyed playing that mm-hmm. one. Yeah. I think just like idiots. I did. I did really enjoy playing a serious. When everything was quite serious and quiet and stoic and all that sort of yeah. stuff, quite enjoyed that as well. And that's something I might want to bring into another character. Play like a character that's far more serious. Yeah. But I just, I, I really love playing. Yeah. Dumb. It's uh-huh. fun. Like yeah. just funny. Yeah. I mean, I mean you're good funny. at it. So. It's just fun. <laughs> yeah. And I think so naturally. <laughs> and Craig was just a, a moment of absolute madness. That was amazing. That just grew arms and legs and learned to run. <laughs> <laughs> Ran a marathon before we even Sorry. had time. Before Henry even had time to give him a name. Like, yeah. and he ended up finishing the campaign for us and d- that, don't know what lobby. happened that well, the- some of my favorite stuff comes from the d10,000 d- magic mm-hmm. m- yeah. random magical effects because I remember uh, the reason it happened was because when we first started playing you were writing a when we were first coming out with the characters you were like oh, I want to play a sorcerer and I was just like oh cool wild magic sorcerers are quite fun you were like okay I'll go with that um, I didn't know anything about it. You didn't know anything about it. And then I was just like, oh, I'll give him a quick look. And I just went on to Reddit, the D&D subreddit, and the one on the front page was that like, oh, this uh, cool story that happened because my wild magic sorcerer uses this D10,000 wild magical effects. And I was just like, well, I'm going to use that. That mm. sounds fun. So yeah. I downloaded it and just started going with it. And there's been some weird stuff like... Everyone really, really wanting to go swimming. Oh, that was good. Um, yeah. But like... Yeah. 
in the ability to crush coal into diamonds. Yeah, crush coal into diamonds temporarily. Yeah, yeah. A lot, there's oh, a lot of stuff like that. But there's that. um, we also got a religion. Ah, oh, yeah. Founded in our name, which we've not not yet come into contact you have with. Not yet come into contact with. Yeah, that will happen one day. It's yes. I think it's fun. Like we've we've used a lot of community built D and D stuff. <laughs> like the, the, uh, in private yeah. games, we've used that drinks table. That's just like yeah. a, all the list of drinks yeah. with their effects and stuff like that. Like the community builds some fucking amazing mm-hmm. things. I think we'd be stupid not to use them. Yeah. I think like that whole final. That, like the whole idea that we, we picked up Craig and then he just sort of kind of fought with us and we had to make it really off cuff stats and then <laughs> right at the end he he kills the main bad guy. I think it's just like the the perfect example of how D D can just do anything. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. it's so versatile and it's so easy to create really fun stuff out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if you're willing to even if you play it by the rule, like strictly by the rules, you can do some re- yeah. stuff can come out of nowhere, and you can do some really cool stuff. Which is why I think it's such a cool thing. That's what why I've always really wanted since we've started it. Really wanted to do a podcast with it, even before I started listening to other D and D podcasts, because mm. I just thought it's like storytelling, but no one knows where the story's going. Yeah, even- like, there's a guide from the DM, but like no one knows the details of what's going to happen because we do it on the spot. Like you have no idea what we're going to say, and we have no idea yeah. how you're going to respond to what we do. Yeah. Um, like it's, I, I think it's such a cool system. I love it. It's and I think so that cool. that's, you know, because I came from, you know, when I first started, I was still very oh D and D is just completely for nerds, but then um, as I've come on, like I kind of now understand. It still is, to be fair. So like, <laughs> just just the subtle reference to Sam's pants says D and D is completely for nerds. It's like oh fuck, sponsored. <laughs> um, but now I completely understand. I think that. D and D is this. It's like a movie. It's like telling a story, yeah. except the people, you know, you you sit and you watch a movie with friends or something. Yeah. But if you're playing D and D, you're sitting with friends who are all telling the story together and people deciding things that will actually shape the mm. shape and the story. And that I, that's that's what I think my favorite thing about it is. Yeah, and and we've listened like on that note, like we've listened to like Robin's now starting it, and we've listened to the Adventure Zone. But like it's it's like if you go on YouTube, the and the amount of animations that are just made from directly cut scenes from the audio, and yeah. you can make an animation, and it's like I would watch this TV show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's just really fun. Like you could do it with like anyone that plays D and D. You could just take experts from it and make it do really cool stuff. Like you could just take anyone that sits at home and plays D and D with their friends for the private game or something. You could just take your adventure, write it in a book, and set it on yeah. Kindle or something. Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Stephen mm-hmm. King plays D and D. Yeah, so many. I love them. So many famous people. Exactly. Yeah. Imagine Stephen King being DM. Your character would die every ten seconds. It's just like, oh, sorry, been eaten by an interdimensional horror vagina. Yeah, but then you'd be brought back and killed again. It would just be torture. Just like the worst thing would be coming back alive. Just uh, such a good, but such. Yeah, scary DM because he's one of like the best storytellers that we have. Yeah. Currently, right now in our generation, it's like, and he finds this, you know, really, really interesting. Does he play or DM? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I really hope he's... Oh, it'd be so good at either. It'd be great. Yeah. Fisher's you know, one of the greatest creative minds that we have right now. I find yeah. it's a really like, attractive medium to just... Yeah. Like, it's really let, good. Like, probably even to test ideas Some of the community well. stuff I've seen... Some of the people... Like, all of the D&D communities that we're part of. Like, I've seen people saying that, like, D&D is starting to become yeah. more... Ma- not it mainstream, is becoming, but becoming more mainstream. More, more cool. Like, it's, yeah. it's becoming... 
And I don't well, want to use this because I think it's bullshit anyway, but it's becoming far more acceptable to play D&D, yeah. which is yeah. bullshit because who the fuck cares if it's acceptable it's, it's because, like, there's on YouTube a game, I think there's a game, like, Vin Diesel DMing mm. for The Rock, Will Wheaton and all that. Like, yeah. it's really famous people playing yeah. D&D. And to be honest, they've, all, they've always played it, but nowadays that there is the medium, more people oh. are listening to podcasts and watching it on YouTube. Yeah. It's becoming more widespread, Isn't which is great. is it true that Riddick is a character Vin Diesel played in D&D? And then it got turned into the movies, oh, or something like that. I think it might be, yeah. Someone said that in a. Did Adam from Genius Nerd say that one? Yeah, it was in the movie. Uh, no, the film up. film feuds thing up in the center okay. cinema scope. That's cool. Um, so the point where we had just the 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 other two guys had just fought against Dolby, and then we'd done the whole contacting David and Xanthia thing, and we came back and we walked down the corridor, and realized that we'd missed something in those eight hours that we'd taken a long rest for. What... I, I get the impression that that was maybe releasing the Hydra or something. What What can you tell us what we would have seen? Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, it doesn't matter anymore. So basically, what you would have seen... I have a description written down, but I can do it off the top of my head, to be honest. Um, yeah, yeah. You would have walked out and the... Mind Whisperer was standing in front of the altar with his back to you, in front of the well. Um, and essentially what was happening is power was channeling out of the well into him, and then out of his hands going around, and a large monstrosity made out of patchwork pieces of human flesh Ooh, cool. um, crafted together was formed into the shape of this hydra as essentially an idol. And he was channeling part of his god, the energy that he could get from him so close to the abyss, into this to make it into something whole. So like, the, you know whenever they were carrying the bags of stuff, that yeah. was human body parts. Ah, so we were it. going to stop them. You were, yes, you were. That was the plan. And the attack was going to be different. And I was just like, oh, they haven't. Right, they're fighting you then. Yeah. Alright, cool. <laughs> As on a load of extra stuff. What was going to happen is the attack was going to go ahead, but it was going to be much easier to defend from, um, because of this. It would have depended. I had a thing written for like how that combat was going to go. Yeah. Um, and that there were different levels of win or loss, and depending on what level you're at, it could go slightly differently. Yep. Um, so you could have still turned up killed him but the monstrosity go on ahead and all that kind of stuff but it'd be just loose to do whatever it wanted mm. and um, or you could have killed it but not killed him and he could have channeled power into him become more powerful and it, i had like different contingencies for how exactly the combat went mm-hmm. um but in the end i quite like the way it turned out because you were like mm. okay we need to now turn out and it was kind of a moment of like oh shit what have we done yeah and then i think that... out out of game i was a bit like oh shit what do i do yeah um yeah. but i literally we paused because we were like i don't know what to do and then the second we stopped playing i was just like there's a rock gnome that can just turn up and take them there yeah like, i put this mechanic in for them to just get where they yeah, need exactly. to go instantly why didn't i think of that straight away what is, apart from all the stuff that we've mentioned so far, because I've written mine down, because I remembered it at the moment a while ago, and I wanted to not forget it. Um, apart from all of the stuff that we mentioned already, so like, I'm going to start calling Kyle, uh, sorry, what's his name? Uh, Craig the Red. I'm going to call him that now. Craig okay. The Craig the Red. Apart from like, Craig turning into a red dragon, like, um, uh, the, ba- the big 
you know, basically sort of the battles that we've talked about and, and fighting Tholmy and stuff like that. What yeah. was your favourite part of... Or even if, if it genuinely is just one of those bits, like what is your favourite bit from this campaign? And you as well. I already know mine. Because what, what, like, even if it's like just a really dumb moment that you truly loved mm-hmm. or something like that, like mine is a truly, in character, truly dumb moment my, I really I, loved. I know my favourite. It's um, the whole of Keek. Just how awkward. Because it wasn't so she was like supposed to be like kind of a (coughs) silent, sneaky scout. And then you guys started talking to her, and I just in my brain I just had a bit of a brain fart and started talking and I was like, okay, that was awkward. And then you guys ran with it of like this character's awkward. I'm like, okay, yeah, this character's awkward. I'm not gonna lie, my side of that came from the fact I wasn't listening to you. I genuinely had listened to what you'd said, I went, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, that worked. And then I was just like, okay, that was really awkward, but I'm just gonna run with it. This character is now. Just like, <laughs> yeah, that was a great one. I wanted it from then. I was just like, this whole situation is just uncomfortable, and I love it. I think I had a couple. I mean, like, I mean, the really. The you can't old... have a couple. Pick one. <sighs> one. Okay, I'll pick one that we haven't. <laughs> one that we haven't talked about already. Like, yeah. I really enjoyed. Um, I enjoyed all of us meeting each other again. I enjoyed. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed oh, you're the. Up. No, no, I enjoyed. Listen to that back. Yeah, it's so much fun. I really enjoyed the Tholmy's uh, alter ego in Alan. <laughs> oh, yeah. With the eye, with the eyebrows and the, the chin. The actual diagram, like the picture that was just that you sat with it on, like your forehead. Oh my god, that was so good. Yeah, I thought Very that fun. that was. Fantastic! I love that bit. <laughs> just that whole bit we were talking about. You know, it's like he's been created as a me on the <laughs> on like the Wii console, oh and all of the like all of the sliders for everything were just rubbed right down low, apart from chin and, and eyebrows <laughs> to rub right the way up. Oh uh, no, Alan Brazil was definitely a not with his. I want to say NPC. The bit, I mean persona. But... The moment when you just went like. Is it Alan Policio? And I was just like, okay, this, <laughs> this, this, this campaign is going. This area, everyone's French. He's like, okay, yeah. we're not getting listeners in France. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, a croissant, you shall probably show on. I cannot do a French accent. This is the best I can do. What were you, Robin? I got an F in every French class I ever took. Especially for the accent. <laughs> I don't know if it's like actually worked, but one of them actually beating those fucking trees. That was so satisfying to him. Oh, that's gonna be well. That that <laughs> may not come across in the podcast because I'm gonna edit the shit. Because there's a there, okay. So there was a three hour session where all we did was fight trees. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a full solid three hour tree combat. From start to right. fucking finish, all we did was fight trees. That is gonna get nerfed to shit. Because yeah. there's no way that that be a cut it down into like three com like three it, turns. It can't be a podcast because that is just. It wasn't supposed to be a difficult combat, was it? Wasn't. It? Everyone it was just random. kept missing. They yeah, kept missing. You kept missing. Yeah. I it, was just, up... it was a random encounter, wasn't it? It doesn't random. even matter yeah, for the it story. It was a random encounter. Yeah. I was it, just like, they're traveling. Oh, they should probably have a random encounter. It probably ended up in engaged combat. I never end up in engaged <laughs> combat. <laughs> <laughs> about the final battle. I think that's another thing. Like back then, 
Um, it's before we really got seriously oh, into it. Oh, that was it. before the break as well. Yeah. Six month break we took. Yeah, mm. yeah, because we stopped over summer. Um, yeah. yeah. And that was back when we were using the the mats as well. Mm. So like the combat yeah. mat, which we decided oh, later on not to do because yeah. it doesn't make as much sense really on an yeah. audio format. Definitely um, the best move we've made. Yeah. Like just switching oh, to... Pun. Yeah, 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 I'm glad yeah, someone yeah. got that. What a my favourite moment right. from this campaign. My favourite moment was when Nine had the spider jacket on and she jumped off the ceiling into an enemy with a shield. Genuinely, <laughs> 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 I've thought about that so many times. That just like point blank shield jump, gravity assisted boost into the ground. Yeah, yeah. And the way that the, the rule of cool was in full force when See, we were begging is, Henry to let us get bonuses on that. It wasn't even like a rule of cool, it was just like, no, with the rules that I've set for these magic items. That would work. <laughs> So even that it was like, oh, with physics, that makes with physics, sense. It makes sense. She's falling yeah. from the ceiling and jumping. She had a lot of momentum. She's like yeah. Captain Ball into somebody. Yeah. The thing so is, is that the, the, in D&D, there's a way to get around being able to do stuff like that called tune, where you have to sit with an item for a certain length of time before you can use it. Oh, yeah. That's boring. Yeah. Mm. Oh, we had to because we did a bit of that, that in our, in our yeah, first campaign. Yeah. First campaign. I was a bit like, okay, it worked for that, but like, I like if you find a magic item, I didn't want Kiri to come up to you and be like, here's your magic items. Now sit with it for eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to be like, here's your magic items. I made them for you, so it doesn't have that bullshit. I made it so you yeah. can just because he made it. Why would he make it so you have to attune to it? He'd be like, oh, you just chuck it on, it works. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's one of those ones that just like, um, like, that kind of, the attuning thing kind of works if it's like a campaign where we're doing a bit more sort of exploring, but there's no time pressure yeah. and all this sort of stuff. Like, at that point, there wasn't huge, well, we didn't know it, but there wasn't huge time pressure to us that we knew of, because there was. But like, yeah. it's just the stuff like, um, um, just, just the fact that we'd already spent several days like fucking around, like yeah. it would have been like, like, when we've done it in the past, the tuning and stuff. Because there was that glass staff, glass staff. Yeah, glass which I was very disappointed about losing. Still, that actually just brought back so many feelings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's a tear really down his face right now. <laughs> but it's just like um, I remember when we got when I got that in that campaign, um, we would do we we were sort of having a day where we kind of just sort of like were in this inn and I mm. spent the day tuning to that and Tholmy spent his day um That's when you that's got when Gary. Yeah, that I was talking, yeah. yeah developing Gary and, and Nine went around and spoke to people and mm. in the bar and stuff like that or, so, or something like that. It was, yeah. But it was just like Cause you had nothing it kinda made sense and it's just sort of it was a bit more of a relaxed period in our play in our yeah. story at the time and it was just like kind of it works for things like that but you, yeah, like you say, like it just it's such a boring mm. thing mm. thing to to do. Like movies skip out tons of yeah. stuff that is like, oh, but yeah. in the real world you'd have to do this. Well, well who gives a shit? Who You're wants not there this? To watch. Like hacking, movie hacking is such a good example. Like we all know movie hacking is complete and utter bullshit. But it's more fun. Like anything in Arrow with Felicity is unbelievable. Like she said the other day in an episode, she said, oh, I've got to write this program and two seconds fucking later, flat, it was done. Yeah. Like, but no one wants to sit for 20 minutes watching her do all the key choices we require for actual hacking. Like, yeah. Like, 
you streamline it, it's good. Yeah. yeah. It's like it goes back and part of that like achievement thing goes back to what I said about balance, like at the end of the day I'll throw balance out the wall if it's more fun. Yeah. Like, yeah. out of the window if, if it's more fun. I'm if, bad with my if phrases. If it allows my friend to jump off a ceiling, into head yes. first, shield first, into <laughs> vertically into a motherfucking brood garden. I forgot I did I'm that. Happy, yeah. that. That is my moment. Amazing. That is my top moment from from this goddamn. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So at the first that really so said, I really enjoyed killing the fucking trees. That was relief. Just because it was satisfying. I enjoyed Sass and the commander. I've yeah, my yeah. pals as well. And really, really enjoyed the very before we actually fought in Umsford, like each of us having like our mm. own factions and like going yeah, off to like lead them. I was just like, of, oh, oh yeah, I got chills. See part yeah. of the um like before the Umsford thing was a bit more of a chill area. And yeah. I generally like I had almost nothing planned for that. I was a bit like all right, there's. I had the only thing I had planned was um, Philbert will ask Thornley to go out on a scouting trip with him. Other than that, I was just like, Nine could speak to people. She could probably do some scouting. She could do some building. She could do whatever she wanted. And then Iberfane, I was just like, you can do whatever. Um, I'll just give them free time. They could probably just be like, oh, I, I relax, and then it would go straight into it. But I gave. I like giving you in certain points you guys chances to be like i want to go talk to that npc and i'm like okay i thought nothing of them they are a priest what would they know um i've got notes down for what they sh should be able to say let's go with it and that was when you went and did the autopsy discovered a couple of things and then yeah. learned a bit more about the religion and everything mm. like that uh, i yeah i think that was good yeah. I, I think also because you mentioned obviously, and obviously the big battle at the end like i think you handled the big battles really really well like mm. i yeah. think yeah. The slight changing of the enemy stats that you could fight, wait, you could fight waves of them yeah. and do stuff like that, and I think that was really, it was really really fun. But I also felt like I genuinely felt like everything was gonna die at one point on that wall. Mm. Like, it could have. I, I I I genuinely it got to the point where I was thinking, I'm running out, I'm running out of my big spells, I'm getting properly surrounded, and they're getting close to me, and I don't have my friends to block them off like I normally do, and all I have is this. Fucking twat with a dagger, <laughs> yeah. and, um, and I'm just like, and it was when whenever anyone gets into combat range with me, it just becomes like I'm going to get hit badly because my AC is piss, mm -hmm. yeah. um, and I was just I was genuinely terrified, and yeah. I did think that I think that blink at the end genuinely saved me because I was like I'm gonna die. Yeah. See, I the big combats, I'm like okay, it it makes sense that because in the I think of it in a movie. Like, in a movie, like, um, think about it, in John Wick, yeah. like, if he's fighting one person, that one person is hard to kill. Mm. If he's fighting lots of people, one, one bullet shot into each of them, they all die. Yeah. So when you're fighting massive waves of people, I'm yeah. like, okay, they all die really quickly, but there's more of them. So it make, first of all, makes it seem more fun and makes it seem more epic. Like, Iberthane being able to, like, throw a fireball and mm. it burst through one person into the next person, or, like... Um, when Craig throws a magic stone, it hits one person into another person, they're both taken out. Mm -hmm. That wouldn't happen in the rules, but I'm like, in it makes sense in the cinematic side. Yeah. And we're making it a challenge through other methods. Yeah. yeah, and then like, oh, it's a Pretty challenge because numbers. it's going to be like, so when you, on the wall combat, on both of them, um, Pure Bloods had 5 HP. Whoa. Which meant that you could hit them and not instantly kill them, but... 90% of the time, like, 99.9% .9 of the time, you are, no, they had 7 HP. 
Um, so like 99, they only have 11 naturally, so it's not that much less. Yeah. Um, I think a good analogy for because you just mentioned that analogy of like what it's kind of like. It's kind of like in Lord of the Rings, where like in the Fellowship, Aragorn goes head to head with that Urukai, mm-hmm. and it's a difficult combat, and you find it very very difficult to fight him. And then in the second one, in Helm's Deep. He just takes on fuck tons of Orokai yeah. and he's just like shredding his way through them because it's that different situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that as well. Before he fights like the leader of the Orokai, he's like basically he just runs up to like a hundred of them, like bring it, bitches. Yeah, he does because yeah. like, yeah. it <laughs> makes sense for yeah, him in that slightly, point to be able to do that. Yeah, they're slightly they're slightly different, aren't they? Like, one of them's a yeah. leader, more more skilled, but whatever. But it's like it's like it is that sort of thing, though, isn't it? It's that like because you have to, you can. Yeah. It's that. Yeah. And it doesn't detract from the story. It doesn't really detract from the game. So it's like, of course you can. I mean, like, D&D is just about how do I want to give this challenge? Because you can make up your own monsters if you mm-hmm. want to. Like, I do. How do I want to make this a challenge but also make it really cool? Yeah. I, th- I think I, the, the, like, the final combat was brilliant. And it was everything that I wanted it to be in terms of epicness. And, you know, we had the massive Hydra, which was like a big focal point. But we also had other stuff going on as well. Mm. There were real stakes involved, and we knew that there was still stuff to go on after that. So we knew that the their leader was going to come in, and then the way that it ended ended was just see beautiful. Like when I made that, I was like, the final battle is the Hydra in the wall. That's like yes, the boss fight, <laughs> and then afterwards there's the Mind Whisperer, and realistically, the three of you going to take him out straight away, especially mm-hmm. with Craig's help. Like <laughs> he had that he could have taken one of you down. He couldn't. I, it was the chance of him killing one of you was extremely low. Because at the end of the day, it's one dude in the game. He's crit CR four, so it, like it's four. He's made for a team of four fourth level. You're all sixth. You're all sixth level. Taking you're you're sixth level going on eighth level. Like yeah. I was a bit like you'll take him down easily, but it makes sense because it's just one dude. He's weakened. Yeah. Then he's weaker than he would be because of background things happening yeah. which is why he's doing this and ultimately he doesn't realise he's lost he's confident he thinks he can take you out but he you guys would in character know like oh we can take him cool yeah, yeah. so I was a bit like that was the final fight but that wasn't the boss that was the white that was the like that was the tying up the loose ends that was the tying up of the loose ends basically yeah I think we've we've learnt a lot from this campaign Definitely. but it's run a lot more smoothly than the first one we did. Oh, yeah. oh definitely. Oh, yeah. and it's. I definitely understood the story, and everything that we were doing had reasons that came up later, and it was a, it was a very well thought out campaign. Mm. I'm glad you thought so because I basically came up with it in a week. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember saying to James when we were about to start playing, like, so I've got rid of everything. Yes. <laughs> and I'm rewriting it. Yeah. Because I I kind of looked at it and it was like. I'd been writing it since we first started playing. Be like, I want to do this. This is really cool. And then I was like, oh, this doesn't fit into this world. So I'll add a city here and I'll add a city there or I'll add a dungeon here. And I was just like, oh, this is just turning into my own world. So like, okay, I'll make my own world. And then I started making my own world and fitting this campaign to like show you all of it. And it was like, oh, you'll go here, here and here. And I was just like, this is, it just turned from like something that I was super passionate about to like, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to go yeah. with this. It's just a mess. I like there are so many conflicting plot points because I've had an idea here, and then a year yeah. later I've had an idea here. Yeah. Um, so I was just like, you know what? Keep the world because that's solid. I've got a map. I've got like ideas of where all the places are. I've got an idea of a general mythology and like the history of it. Um, 
get rid of everything in it and just start from choose a city. What have I written about the city? Okay, what could I, what could go on? Done. And then yeah. that's just where I went from. Yeah. And then it's kind of what I'm doing for part two is being like, okay, what's happened so far? What would make sense to happen in like government and in local area and all that? Yeah. Go on from there. Like yeah. what plot hook could come from what is happening in the world at this yeah. point? So moving on from here, what what is your general plan forwards for D and D? Um, it varies. Like, if it were to go how I run it in my head, it would be, um, I don't want to give too much away. Um, so season, season two, quote unquote, so like the next D&D session would be, um, like, repercussions of what's happened here. Yeah. Reactions of people to what's happened here. And uncovering more about the whole world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you can probably assume from the outro of the finale, like you'll probably meet the emperor at some point, mm-hmm. um, which is a big part of this world, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, uncover maybe a bit more about his backstory and like the history of the world. Definitely uncover more about how you relate to the world and how the world you were in before relates to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but as well as all this kind of exploration stuff and uncovery stuff, there's a, the main focus of it is I've kind of planted two seeds towards a deeper sort of underlying story that you will begin upon and probably finish in the second, the second part that then continues on to a deep, another deeper underlying story. So like yeah. the main story of it is very much the focus, but... I want it to be like, oh, the story takes you to here so you can see, um, like, you do figure out the rest, um, like, what the rest of the world is and you mm-hmm. understand more. Because realistically, between now and the start of the next campaign, in-game, there's going to be two months in which you guys are going to do stuff, which we'll discuss on the run-up to starting it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, but, like, after that, I do want it to be like, oh, your characters are starting to learn about this world and you, you, you fit in, like... At the moment, it's kind of like okay, we're in this world. Okay, where is that? We're sort of strangers yeah. to um, it. You're strangers to it, but over the next two months, you're going to become more familiar to it, and you're going to become very familiar to Rivers Edge and the area around it as you yeah. do stuff in that area. But then it's like that's not the world. There's more to it. And you'll kind yeah. of not necessarily by going there, but you'll meet people from places. And yeah. Season two has a lot more NPCs. Okay. I regret that already. Um, but <laughs> like it's okay because more NPCs to learn. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Um, so is this more of like? It, it seems to me like you've got these sort of like micro arcs that are forming a sort of more over, overarching story. Yeah. That's going to come to some sort of big, big finale shebang thing yeah. far in the future. Some a big explosion basically towards the end of. Oh, this is. A, I want it to kind of be like a bit like everything throughout all however long it takes will make sense and you'll be like yeah. that and then in the very last moments or like the last the beginning of the last campaign wherever, whenever we end up playing that it'll be like okay everything makes sense yeah. everything connects yeah um, like I'll, I'm sure it'll become smoother me putting them in but I like I haven't put that much in to, like two things I can think of like deeper set stories yep. in this next campaign there's more because I've written it into it more but like yeah it's kind of like mini arcs of this is that campaign 
but it relates to the ones on either side of it, mm -hmm. and then okay. carrying on from there. Explain that very long windedly and very fast. <laughs> Welcome to the question bit of Rome's first. Oh, we are so imaginative with our names. We're good. Wait, Welcome to the, the qu oh. No, I like question bit. You fucking nailed it. The question bit. I'm yeah. thinking of some alliteration. I actually quite like Dungeon Master's question time. No, I enjoyed that I as well. I like Dungeon that Master's is... question. All right, go start again. No. <laughs> <laughs> we're leaving it. What's the first question? No, well, first of all, we Let's were going to talk about... We were... <laughs> that is the first question. What is the first question? Well, first of all... Ooh. 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 Meta. <laughs> First of all, we're going to talk about uh, an empty promise that we made. No empty promises. Hashtag no empty promises. What is this empty promise? Okay, so you're currently listening to the commentary that we recorded like a year ago when we finished the campaign. Mm -hmm. Like yes. as soon as mm -hmm. from as soon as we finished it, we recorded this because we actually could remember stuff that had happened at that. Time. <laughs> um, but we thought pretty well. We thought we might as well give you guys a bit of a bit of an update and ask you guys if you guys had any questions mm -hmm. um, about the campaign um, so you, you, you being the listeners mm -hmm. yes yep. not us that he was looking yes, at yes yes sorry yep. um, so a couple of things I, we wanted to explain first and the first thing is about these preludes we okay, promised okay. that there were going to be some preludes because yeah. we recorded some preludes mm -hmm. where Henry did a session with each of our characters individually mm -hmm. um, which was they were alluded to a lot in the early stages early of the campaign yeah. about everything and the small boy in the river no. and about why Tholme, um took, nice face. Yeah, and took the disguise of Alan Parisian mm -hmm. and how Nine met Davith and stuff like yeah. that. It's all fell out of the sky. Yes, mm. it's all answered in these preludes. But when we recorded them, we weren't massively happy with them recording so, quality-wise. So and the one... Nine's one, the audio's okay. Woo! Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's not for me to be proud of. Tholmy's one, the audio's eight. And Ibethane's one, the audio's fucking awful. Because we use two microphones. One, a very good microphone. And the other, a cat's anus. <laughs> <laughs> the other, like... One we found, I think. I think it, it was, was a headset, there. wasn't it? it was a yeah, game. it was yeah, like it was a headset. Oh my God, yeah. What it sounds like is a Nokia brick. It's, <laughs> it genuinely sounds like I'm speaking through six fans. Yeah, <laughs> we recorded it using Snake. It was mm -hmm. just shit. Yeah, so yeah, it's they're also it's also weird because Nines is quite short. Mm. Tholmy's is a medium length. Is is far is longer than it should far longer be. than it should be, and then Ibethane's <laughs> is about four hours. <laughs> but that's classic because I can't do anything quickly <laughs> apart yeah. from edit. That's the only thing I can do quickly. <laughs> But we decided that we weren't, because we love the first episode, Eyebrows and Elbows, so much, we mm -hmm. wanted that to be the first thing that mm. people heard. Yeah. Um, so we released that first and thought, oh, well, we'll release those later on. We're still... Maybe. The plan at the moment is not to, but, you know, we we might. If people really want to hear I think hear our them, official then... line on it is never say never. Mm. If we get enough people... The thing, the, the thing is that when we when we asked for questions, we did actually get like not just us like making up shit. We did actually get a decent number of questions mm -hmm. from some of the people that are normally in contact with us, and we have some friends that we know personally that actually listen to the podcast because we fucking tied them up in that basement. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Real good. Um, and the only questions we got from them were, "When are you letting us out? When can I eat next?" And <laughs> <laughs> can I see my family? Can I see my we're family? Like, no. Where's the toilet? And, <laughs> 
And what the fuck was up with them preludes, my dude? Yeah. <laughs> that was the first question, surprisingly. That was straight yeah. in, yeah. yeah. First of all, what's up with those preludes? And second of all, can I leave? Can I <laughs> please take a piss. <laughs> so we may, we may release them at some point. If people yeah. really want to hear them, then we might. Mm. Just be but, warned for like yeah. one of your eardrums dying. We, yeah. it, we know, I think the reason we got a few questions about it is we know it was a little bit confusing because everything got dropped. Yeah. We were dropped into the middle of a story sort of immediately sort of on uh, like as soon as it started and I you know I had a couple of friends who messaged me and were like yeah I, I, I'm enjoying it I just don't understand really where That's everyone's coming from mm-hmm. I think the general consensus once you get to about episode 3 you're fine because another st- the story's happening and, mm-hmm. and whatever but it's I think it's yeah it's definitely something that we wanted to make happen and it just we were just so happy with how episode 1 mm-hmm. came out and then when we compared it to what the prelude sounded like, we just didn't want to. Yeah. We yeah. didn't want to be the first thing anyone ever listened to was that. So, and it was also weird because there was no the the dynamic between the four of us is you know that it was very mm. evident in yeah. the in eyebrows and elbows, which just what well, he wasn't there because we weren't all playing together. Mm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was so also the preludes were recorded very far apart as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. yeah and true. So never say never. They may one day resurface, but for now, mm. we're still trying. I mean, to hey, they're on my laptop. Yeah, part well, edited. One day, technology to save them will exist. Yeah, <laughs> but all exactly. our skills will get to that point, but not, yeah. like, not yet. Shall we fire into some questions then? Yes. Question one. We've got, we've got some question one. Um, Actually, I think it's like question three at this point. No. Uh, <laughs> so official this, question. This one. is a question, and we don't even need to say who this is from. But they've asked, who is the thickest character? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, thickest we, with. Eight C's. Eight C's. Not just. No, no, actually, no. I've I've spelt it thickest with a C K, which I'm pretty sure. That's oh, incorrect. Incorrect, what? sir. We do actually have to specify who's that from, because he's no longer Thick Daddy Umbaku. He's oh, that's now true. Space Thick Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we don't know when he got his astronomy degree and his job with NASA. I think but his tweet said something along the lines of, it's exactly the same, but now I'm from space. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so on board. Very good. He is just an absolute... Le- I love reading this guy's tweets. And he They're just, so good. At one point, it just makes me happy. Like And, and space, space Daddy, <laughs> Space Thick Daddy, you have issued us the challenge of the five things that we love, and it's coming. It's coming. Mm-hmm. We just don't love anything. So, <laughs> our life is we misery. don't have time to love between all of our editing yeah but no no yeah so um yeah i just needed to bring up the fact that he's now, now called space thick daddy <laughs> so who is the thickest character i mean, none of us still really don't know what i was about to say we thick. do need to decide on a definition of thick thick thick, thick. <laughs> which thick. is is for the multiple c's is i'm gonna no, I'm I gonna get it no, up no, on no, Urban no, Dictionary. Actually, what I we just, need to do is because Space Daddy did actually give he us a definition. He sent us a definition, a picture, a gif of a big muscle man going. Aah! So I think the thickest <laughs> character is obviously Craig because <laughs> <laughs> he goes. Aah! He's explicitly <laughs> weedy as fuck. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I also don't understand what thick means. Um, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll compare the Urban Dictionary definition to. So the the Urban Dictionary top definition, there are multiple. When a person has fat in the right places, creating sexy curves. Person one, you see Shaniqua over there. Person two, yeah man, she thick as fuck. Oh, okay. See, now I'm thinking jerky muncher. 
Jerky Muncher. When did we ever talk about her body shape? Who was that? She was. She's, she's constantly gnome. munching on jerky. Or is it, is it, is it, oh, yeah, she's getting a lot of protein. She's, she's getting a lot of protein. She mm. Has she ate an apple? What about and the Hydra? The Hy- Hy- Hydra is, you know... It's pretty thick. Pretty thick. <laughs> Probably. See, see from, from a DM standpoint, it's either... In terms of NPCs, it's either potion seller. No, um, <laughs> as much as I wish. In her, in her youth, yeah. Um, either God Davith, knows when that was. Davith, <laughs> because he's got that muscular booty. Oh, buns! Um, yeah, buns he's got buns of steel. He's got that number. Um, he's under- got buns for all the hunts. Ah, uh, he has. Or, <laughs> or Mally, just because I find james's oh, reaction yeah. to me saying that entertaining mm. i th- i mm. also think mm. El, like people like eldras and kevin i read mm. I reckon they're probably pretty thick mm. i think the true question as well who's, who's the thickest out of the our three characters 100 percent nine you've seen how many diet times we died in this campaign <laughs> <laughs> so what was um space thick daddy and baku's definition of thick such to... a good name I know right oh my god it's not only good um... like everything's improved when you put space on it like mm-hmm. everything just gets better thick daddy back. <laughs> uh, I... okay got it right so the secret is for ladies having curvy bodies and for the fellas in my <laughs> opinion to have thick muscular legs and great ass mm. So that See, that, that is fits our dictionary's yeah, definition. That's it's a yeah. similar definition, yeah. So great ass, definitely not Tholmy because he only had half of an ass. Yeah, he's only got half of <laughs> one left. Maybe before Tasty Dinner, yeah. but yeah. not post Tasty Dinner. Post. No. Oh shit, that's a good point. Did mm. he not get that fat though? Yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, it'll yeah. never be the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's never gonna be thick. <laughs> <laughs> there was a thick clause in the spell <laughs> used to resurrect him. <laughs> Thank you. Space Thick Daddy for the question. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. We actually have another one from you coming up. Oh, we we'll, do. We'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Right. Thank you for listening, as always. Our next question is from a personal friend. Mm-hmm. I know. Uh, one day I hope to have those. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of this room. And they, ask, and they ask, how did our characters meet? And I presume they're meaning not in this campaign, mm. but like before, because obviously we've alluded to the fact that we oh, played yeah. a yes. we played a campaign with everything Thalmy and Nine. Um, wait, at the end of which we died and then we appeared in this mm-hmm. new yeah. world that we we've spoken about that in this yes. commentary yeah. already but we're going to talk specifically about the the pub mm-hmm. yeah yes so is that, yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking that yeah. is what we met it was it was yeah. a in reality I believe it was a cold windy night with us sitting on Connor's bedroom floor it was um, yeah. it was after a decent amount of time of convincing Connor what to want to play. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and then, but in the game, it was a cold, windy night in Neverwinter, um, and basically it started off with the camera looking at these sort of like saloon doors of this pub um, in Neverwinter, I and this. they swang open. I remember this because I've still got the notes. Um, they swang open, and in walked, I believe, first was Ibethane. Sweet daddy. Um, and he walked in and kind of described, I think he went up to the bartender, asked for a drink. I uh, sat in the corner. And sat in a corner. Yeah. And then I think next came Fulmy. Mm-hmm, possibly. And he came in, went up to the bartender, got a drink, and then sat in the corner. No, 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 no. I believe... Actually, oh, I believe next was Nine. Mm. I think Nine sat in a corner. Yes. I think Fulmy walked in. 
Ask for a drink and then where the dirties at. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Con- Connor turned to the DM was just like, so can, can I look for some dirties? So, <laughs> I think I was like, I just survey the local talent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure the word dirties was used because yes, that was the first time I'd fucking heard it. <laughs> I think, yeah, because it was originally that Tholmy was originally like a proper player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. he, he, he was one with the ladies, but I think as yeah, as I've played Tholmy more, I kind of less into that that sort of mm-hmm. like character. I think that's because I, Henry killed all the ladies. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. And I think also I kind of prefer that being Sprocket's character. Yeah, you mm-hmm. funneled that part of your dirty mind into yeah, him pretty hard. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So this this bar, um, you were in this bar all kind of in separate places, mm. um, and then a very very drunk man, a very very drunk dwarf, dwarf. came in. Um, and started having essentially a bit of a go at the bartender, um, yeah. having drinks and getting a bit rowdy, um, until eventually he was cut off um, and got very violent. I think he smashed a bar stool over someone's back. Think or it was something an like elf. that. Yes, he smashed a bar stool over an elf's back, mm-hmm. um, and this big fight broke out. Uh, and then, if I remember correctly, I nine and Ibeth- yeah, nine and Ibethane were. Brawling, I and Tholmy immediately drew his daggers <laughs> and was just like, "I'm fucking going for I'm people." I'm pretty sure he decapitated a person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nine and Ibethane went, "Shit's getting real." <laughs> I think then Ibethane shocking grasped some people. No, I did something way more stupid. No, the, that. you, you oh, shocking grasped some people. Yeah. I and did then that you, later on. Did no, you? I did Ooh. that. No, I don't remember that. Amid smoke, I yeah, thought, I got spells. I'm gonna cast one of these spells. Firebolt looks cool. In the wooden pub. And that's so I fired it... it at what I believe you describe as vodka. Yeah, you, you <laughs> yeah. basically hit I'm the guessed. wall of spirits behind the bar and exploded that. Uh, I specifically found rules for um, bar rules, and I was just like, right, this is fun. I want to use them. Tholmy was just murdering. Yeah, and Tholmy was just like stabbing people left and right. And then I think the cops turned up and tasered us. Yeah, so then, <laughs> oh, so yeah. then some of the local guards, like higher up guards, turned up, put out the fire. Um, and then you <laughs> sleep to put you all to sleep, and then you woke up in jail. With a massive erection, knowing mm-hmm. the fire was going to be the thing that mm-hmm. got him through. Yeah. Um, and then you made a daring escape, mm-hmm. um, which was, was quite, quite fun. Uh, I remember doing that. Like, we were all like, none of us know how to fucking play. And then we but... got a job from the dwarf. Yeah, that the dwarf. We our characters together oh, forever. Yeah. yeah, the dwarf was known as Gundren. Um, Gundren we were playing it. a slightly oh. modified version of. Um, the lost mind of Fandal ever mm-hmm. um, who then hired you to escort him um, and then yeah kind of went through some of the yeah. normal Fandal ever Fandalin campaign I just assume that in the when you play that campaign like Gundren's not supposed to be missing for one year real time yeah <laughs> they they got distracted a lot yeah. <laughs> um, I remember I having think it's, I, think it's because, I think the real problem with that was Robin because we have played games with Robin since. Oh yeah. god, yes. No, no. I've seen her play <laughs> Batman Arkham City. Oh yeah. Well, are we doing side tracking? Side fucking quest. Oh, oh, you you did quest. do every single side quest. Oh my god. Some of which I've made up. And I can't, so... I can't deny, I'm a hoarder. Yeah. Like, I like hoarding shit. <laughs> you should see we... my Skyrim thing, my chest. Yes, all I have full. seen you do Skyrim. Like, I've never seen anyone get distracted <laughs> from a side quest by a side quest. <laughs> no, the worst one for me was when we were just, we were sitting and we just thought, oh, fuck it. Let's just get a Simpsons hit and run. That'll be fun. Yeah. Right? And literally, the whole time, Robin went around and got every single coin she could. She was going around destroying. It's like, it's like uh, the only thing I can think of. And 
It's Lego Star Wars when you were trying to get, get like the, the, the like, true Jedi, yeah, get the true Jedi coins, and you have to destroy absolutely everything to get all the coins. And it was just, and this is exactly what she was like playing D and D. I'm a completionist. I can't help it. <laughs> we literally that campaign would have been 100 percent complete. We would have got some. Sort oh, it of was. You did. You did every single side <laughs> we quest. We got the, pla- the PlayStation Platinum trophy. <laughs> I'm pretty I sure realize it was me holding the. Pack. I'm pretty sure <laughs> in, in the actual. I'm pretty sure in the actual like mines at the end of that campaign, you found where you were going at one point and then you're like but we do want to check the other ways <laughs> yeah no we did it's to a bit be like fair, we, 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 well. we joke but to be fair I think we did our fair share of fucking that sort of stuff up yeah yeah talking of getting sidetracked and all that sort of stuff from the campaign and all that sort of stuff we mentioned earlier that I say never say never to something being released um, <laughs> there is something that I have locked and loaded edited and ready to go but I just don't know when to post it in this early campaign, we did a test recording, which we must have mentioned report before. We've probably mentioned it in this commentary. Yeah. But when we did the original um, campaign that was not recorded, one random session in it mm-hmm. near the end was recorded because we were doing a test of our recording mm-hmm. setup. It was the night we went to watch Doctor Strange. Night so the we night that Doctor yeah. Strange came out was when we recorded it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and most of it was pretty... Like, we just did not know how... I mean we've learnt how to podcast over the over, mm-hmm. over Fromesford and our debatable. other campaigns and stuff well debatable but <laughs> yes we, 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 I think we have got better at it and, and we definitely didn't know what the fuck we were doing during this um, but there is one section of it that I oh, got beautiful. locked and loaded ready to come out <laughs> because I just thought it was so funny mm-hmm. where we tricked a bunch of bugbears to let us into their cave hole because we were strippers mm. yeah and we weren't and it was <laughs> <laughs> just to clarify yeah, it was fucking brilliant and and I have it I think it's about like a 10 minute or f- 15 minute section and it is there and if we you know if, if people want to hear it then we will put it out at some point I kind of want to hear it because yeah. I remember enjoying playing it it was so. really really good the quality's not great and there is, obviously the recording of it's not brilliant but but it's uh, it is funny it's just so mm-hmm. fucking funny yeah, I remember. that was my favourite part of the actual first but anyway shall we move on to another question yes Yes. please okay this one is from our very own Simone and this one's going deep Henry you are going to need to delve into your into your world Mm -hmm. into your brain she wants to know more about the planes of existence right which I think well when that is quiet when did we mention so we mentioned the abyss and we briefly oh, mentioned yeah. the Feywild and I think maybe the Celestial Rams or something like that I, at some point. I always pop in, I always blink. You blink into the ethereal, um, plane. ethereal plane. So yeah, in, in, in D&D in general, there are multiple planes of existence. And there's, in traditional D&D, there are two general, at least in the Forgotten Realms, which is the realms in which 5th edition is set. Okay. Um, there are two general, um, like, cosmologies I suppose and one's the world tree um, and one's I believe the world wheel and it's basically like um, in the middle there's pretty much always the prime material plane which is the plane that you guys are on now it's okay. where Omesford is, it's where the empire yeah. is it's where the dragonborn empire is, it's where Sprocket 7 happened um, but my world in which we're playing is slightly different so once again in the middle there is this and mm-hmm. then there are Similar to, did you ever, as a kid, have those kind of like a gyroscope where there's um, a a bit like the time turner? 
So there's a disc oh. in the middle, and then there's another another ring around that that turns on a different axis, and outside of that is another ring a around yeah. that. Gyroscope style. A bit like a gyroscope. So it's essentially laid out like that, where each of the disc, each oh, ring okay. on the outside rotates in a different direction, um, but has different planes on it. So essentially in the middle, there's the material plane. It's just kind of there. Mm-hmm. And then below it, in what I imagine is an infinite depth, is the abyss. And above it is um, kind of going on forever and ever is the ethereal plane and mm-hmm. things like that. Okay. Um, kind of surrounding all of it and in between the gaps is the astral plane. Um, right. And then the is next... Astral, with dead it... person plane? Uh, yeah, astral plane kind of oh, permeates okay. everything in right. my mind. Um, and then on the ring further outside of that, so the first ring is essentially the Feywild. And mm-hmm. that ring turns in such a way that it controls the seasons. And as it turns, the four seasons that make up the Feywild, whichever one is closer to the Prime Material Plane or whichever one is like kind of in dominance mm-hmm. um, or closer to different sections of the Material Plane, um, changes the season in that area. Right, um, okay. And so yeah, as that turns, and then there's various other things slightly attached to that because there's loads and loads of planes, but these are kind of just focused on the main ones. Um, and then on the next ring out of that is the Celestial Plane. And that's where the stars are, that's where the sun, that's where the moon is, and everything like that. Um, and as that turns much faster, it controls day and night, um, and it controls various other things as well. And where are the gods? The gods are... Well, the god... Mm, oh. the gods are real. Well, in, in traditional Dungeons and Dragons, the gods are in the celestial realms. And okay. there's various different celestial realms. Right. I'm not going to go into much detail about in my world for reasons for okay. future reasons cool and the ethereal plane is that just sort of like everywhere yeah that's just kind of everywhere it's cool. it's essentially a I, I treat that as like kind of a reflection of reality yeah. it's okay. kind of where sort people's of, souls exist yeah I'm kind there of out the, of phase of yeah. the prime material plane when it's, I use it yeah so when you see that everything looks normal <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and you can probably see like where shadow, like Falmy yeah. and Nine are because their shadow or their well, I'm, not, I'm spe- explicitly not going to say their soul. Um, they're, <laughs> they, they have a reflection within the yeah. ethereal plane. Okay, cool. Right, next question. Uh, if we could have two celebrity stars on the podcast, who would they be? Do we pick two each or do we have to decide on two collectively? I, two I, each. I think, we should just, I think we should just throw some names and then let's decide right. on the two we want. Right, two. So, yeah, let's pick two each and then argue their case like this is franchise fist fights three <laughs> jesus oh, surprise oh, okay okay um, okay i got one already oh, i hate having to I've think of these things I've, one. One. Oh, I've got two i've got two i've got two i'm just going with the first ones i could think of and i will i will go to the death for these guys <laughs> um all right james tell us what one of yours i have can i tell you both of them mm-hmm. go yeah. for it Ryan Reynolds Ooh. and David Attenborough. Ooh. Oh. Can I also have Ian McKellen? No. Fine. Oh. I'm going with Ryan Reynolds and David Attenborough. I've just forgotten my first one. <laughs> <laughs> it's Ryan now Ma- Ian McKellen. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds would be a sick D&D player. Mm. So good. He'd be super into it. He'd just, oh, I, so I imagine he'd just be like, he'd sit down and pull on a mask or something and just be like, I'm in character this but whole then, time. Okay, so he's a player. David Attenborough. DM. DM. Yes. Oh. Imagine him describing... You walk into the city. (laughs) (laughs) The man walks up to you. 
So I think we talked. We actually talk Hello. In, in the, we talk in the commentary a bit about other people who play D and D. We talk a bit about like uh, Stephen King and stuff. Mm. I think Stephen King would be amazing. Mm. See, one of mine yeah. was Mike Myers as like a player because yeah. I know he plays oh. D and D a lot, and he'd just be so funny. Just his humour is just so witty and just so yeah. dry. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, I know one. Mark Hamill. Oh, I think Ooh. he'd be fucking sick. I think he'd be very good. He would be. God, he's mm. so good at voices, though, because he'd just be the joke. Yeah, oh, God, you imagine his voices. I would just oh, make him be the very, joke. Very good. <laughs> See, I don't, I don't you know if it's a bit. <laughs> like, what? what is looking oh, through you know, no, a not. list of people I in was, the world? I, I literally typed in famous actors. <laughs> She's actually on Celebrity Tinder. I don't, hey. Um, I don't know if it is a stranger, but like, just in terms of like, I know his acting ability is incredible. Leonardo DiCaprio? Just in terms of like a very serious, just the character he could create yeah. and be. I must admit, I, I reckon he'd be good at Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm. He would just be in character the mm. whole time. He'd be a phenomenal. He could play the player. boy in the river like Jack. He's got experience <laughs> already. Oh. <laughs> oh my god! I was like hanging off the table you're playing on. Everybody in this room for both of us. Get the fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think if I was to choose two people, it would have to be Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Oh, oh, that's good. Difficult to be. Oh, because just imagine those two at a party Ooh. together. What's what's your other one, Robin? I don't know. I just keep thinking the name star. Samuel Jackson? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Yes. Morgan Freeman as a DM. Oh, similar to David good. Attenborough. Yes, good. So, similar to the smooth, the smooth sultry or tones. Can we just get someone else? Brian Reynolds DMs them. And oh. it's, it's Morgan Freeman, David Attenborough. Who else has got silky smooth? Tonal voice. Um, give me that. Um, uh, Brian Blessed. James L. Jones. Oh. <laughs> Brian Blessed, though. Brian Blessed. Those my, four. Those so four. That's my dream. My DM. two choices are Ewan McGregor. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. On board. Gotta be. On board. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, see, my actual choice would be um, a guy called Matt Colville who does YouTube videos on how to be a DM. Oh, right, um, okay. And he's like who I watch videos of to to try and be a better be, better DM. But as that's a bit niche and none of you know who he is, I'm going to not choose him. Um, if you're listening, hit me up. Um, my other choice would probably be. Oh, you know, <laughs> you know, it'd be quite funny. Uh, Danny DeVito. That's what I was <laughs> yeah. Danny DeVito would be really good. I've just we've done a theme here. We've picked all actors. Can we think of any actresses who'd be good? Or is it just celebrities, isn't it? Yeah, just celebrities. 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 Any women? Mm. Any women? Yes. Uh... Michelle Obama. Oh my god. Oh. Oh. I reckon that'd be fun. And yeah. Oprah. And <laughs> oh, yeah, Oprah would be good. And Theresa no. Oh my god. Just the most wonderful people. Yeah, the most like wonderful women in the world. Oh, yeah, Theresa May. <laughs> <laughs> She could be the bad guy. Yeah. I'm the goblin. <laughs> <laughs> the goblin with the thin legs. River's exit. River's exit. <laughs> cool. Are we, are we happy with our people that we Very happy. Have? All of those hit us up and we're going to play a massive game. Fuck yeah, I don't yes. know how we're going to get them. We are. Hit them up on Twitter. I've got I've got 20p in my bank account. I think... <laughs> What you got? Mate, that's not what I've got. pay for Nick Frost, his career has gone down this year. What? Oh, no, I'm joking. Oh. No, I'm joking. Nick Frost and Simon Pegg are my faves. That joke was they cold. Are, they, Connor's see, Frost. You, oh, good one. Yeah, you might not, like, listeners won't know, but Connor is a 
huge fan of Nick Frost and Carnetto well, trilogy. This, the, honestly, this podcast needs more Carnetto trilogy. Ninety-five percent of the messages that I read that Connor sends to our group chat are just Carnetto trilogy memes like, <laughs> or gifs. Yeah, he, he only communicates through Carnetto trilogy gifs, and it's like, it's like, hey, Connor, I edited this episode, and you get some like, you get Simon Pegg jumping over fences. It's like that. It's like. Is that good? Or, <laughs> I don't know. Or, 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 or like Henry says, it's like, oh, I didn't manage to get this edited. And then it's Nick Frost with the gun going, shame. <laughs> or <laughs> jog on. <laughs> okay, okay, right. Spin the question. Probably. Right prob- okay. That was awful. Right, that- Am I reading a question? He tried yeah, to Beyblade the paper. Okay, oh, okay. Pass I don't know who this is from, so Connor, you're going to have to tell me who gave us this. Is Craig the dragon from Shrek? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna guess. Is that from Simone? Yes. <laughs> right, cool. I think um, I saw that she'd said that one actually. Yeah. I mean the lips. Yes. Craig, moving does on. Does Craig have those big luscious is purple Craig, lips? Not yet. Is Craig getting? <laughs> not in his dragon form. On, only once he becomes a dragon does he find out his mm. love for cross dressing. He is pretty thick in his dragon form. <laughs> he is pretty thick in his dragon form. She's gonna be having those weird. Dragon donkey babies. Oh yeah, I mean those double D babies. D and D donkey and dragon babies. Well, we did. Con- <laughs> Unfortunately, we did confirm that Boris and Johnson were dead. Mm. Otherwise, we could get. They the- were horses. They were horses. They were horses. Still, we could have. Like, he's we coming could- after your ass. <laughs> we could have got- get the donkeys back out. I loved it in Shrek. They were called donkey. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, the, the donkeys. Yeah, those I didn't know that. Were donkeys. Mm. But um, short answer, yes, that's what he did when he. Um, when he disappeared at the end of Frozen. Yeah. <laughs> Went through a portal into the swamp. Before yes. he returned in the epilogue. That's why I was we're, so we're, angry. We're, we go back to the, the planes of existence. The, the Shrek is one of those rings. There is a Shrek plane. <laughs> there is a... Like, not in the main bit, but kind of in the corner, there's just... Like, just in, in it's a plane, and it's shaped like Shrek's ears. Oh, no. You know what that plane is called. My swamp. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, look at the mice swamp plane. <laughs> anyway, right. Fuck, that was good. Mm-hmm. Just, do, Robin, do you want to read yeah. the question? It's yes. Below we're... is the Craig one. Oh, I cannot read your writing. Oh, you can talk. <laughs> <laughs> so, Shots fired. Did I think I've got it? Did you? Oh, this is very deep. This is this is quite emotional. Um, or it might not be emotional. We shall see. Depends on whether you're reading. Yeah, we are not going to be able to do anything emotional. Uh, Okay, right, right. I'm emotionless. I'm not watching hot first. No emotions. Robot, robot faces. Okay. Did you learn anything about each other from the podcast? (laughs) 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 You learned about some weird fetishes. Yeah, I learned a lot. Right, I learned a lot through some stuff that's edited out. (laughs) (laughs) What have we learned about James? Uh possible pyromaniac mm. yeah possible sure yeah yeah um, I've not no genuinely on a, on a nice note I've learned that James is very very hardworking and willing to learn how to edit and stuff mm. like that James has been very because I, I knew how to do all the editing and I thought I was going to have to do like fucking everything yeah. but James mm. and, and actually you've all done a lot because uh, what? No, Henry? No, I mean you've done a bit. He's I've done, done a bit. But it's fine. <laughs> I did like no, no empty promises. A good four hours. No, no empty promises. Henry is gonna edit from everything from now on. Mm-hmm. Everything. But Robin's been doing some previously. It's Henry's mm. been not very doing well. Some oh, it's been. I've, I've... I did six previously. Yeah, in like six hours. Yeah. 
when, and, he's, when you set him down, he's an absolute trojan. Yeah. It was because a mix of uh, basically everyone was just like, Henry, go do it. Go, <laughs> go do it. <laughs> I was just like, okay. I enjoyed doing it. I So, so now on a, on a not so nice note, the thing I've learned about myself through, edi- <laughs> through editing is that like this is really bad and I think I can only say this now because I have a girlfriend but I was way more lonely than I thought <laughs> <laughs> genuinely the amount of stuff that you will not have heard listeners because I in recent times have edited the fuck out of it because I now have a girlfriend and went that's not appropriate anymore <laughs> the amount of times I went guys I'm just so alone <laughs> I sound like a fucking pitiful mess I was just like James what oh, the fuck it's very true actually you will listen to there the of a journey, jokes. a journey of James and yeah. dis- discovering all that shit with Mally at the end. That was real for me. <laughs> That's why I put it in there. You needed some. It's all I had. Yeah, I I've learned that James is actually like very creative, both through sort of doing the art for like oh, all the oh, stuff yeah, he posts, right. and yeah. through sort of the not just Omsford, but mix of that and Sprocket Seven as well. Because like when you were making Clanker, it was very like. Um, like I found like your imagination with how you wanted to do it and like the way you worked around it very impressive yeah. so I love mm-hmm. that about James Thank you. I, I think I've learned oh. I definitely think Robin has come on I think of if, if, if we're going for most, mm. most improved mm-hmm. <laughs> is that really is the, the prize you want to win though <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're trying. No, like, you don't, you don't, you're getting there. The, the prize you don't want to win is the uh, turned up. Yeah. <laughs> Participation. Wait, Participation. That's the one. Yeah. I, th- I think it's... Um, no, definitely. I no, think it's sort of for, for Romsford, it's the, sort of the first thing we did. But see, when we're talking about like um, Sprocket 7 and Call of Cthulhu, which we have yeah, mentioned, which you will listen to. But honestly, I, I think Smokey from uh, Sprocket 7... I f- Probably, you potentially, very possibly, my favorite ever mm. LTRP mm. character. I don't yeah, think it's, it's up there. I don't mm. think it's going to come through as well on the podcast for the listeners, just because we've had Sprocket Seven and now we have Call of Cthulhu. Just how quickly, or, or, or just how much Robin's come on because it's all sort of out of order. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, like, because you, we went from a character like Nine that was just sort of. Basically Robin. It was, it was basically Robin. It's Robin, <laughs> Robin if she Robin could wear. Horns yeah, and it's, a big it's, axe. it's Robin, but lets her anger out. <laughs> it's Robin in every video game she ever played. Like Skyrim, she goes straight for that battle axe. But yeah, it's it's like that. And then and then in like the recent stuff that we've done, you have completely stepped away from your comfort zone and done mm. characters that are really different. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, like every the three characters that you've played are all completely different characters. No, to definitely. Each other. Which yeah. is like very, very impressive. Because it's like the ability to be able to do each of those well is like a lot. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, very good. Absolutely. What have we learned about Henry? Love mimics. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh fuck, love mimics. <laughs> <laughs> um, empty promises. Uh, <laughs> oh! Look, sadly. <laughs> just had to get that back. In I think we're talking about James being very creative. Henry? No, yeah, definitely. definitely. No. I, I think Henry's very good at describing scenes and stuff. You're always... You paint a beautiful word picture. I feel it comes out more in Sprocket 7 because that's actually the most recent recorded thing that people have listened to. Okay. Um, Yeah? But yeah, yeah, like, I don't know. I'm I'm very critical of my DMing style. 
I think the thing that impresses me the most is how much of the rules you remember. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Genuinely, because both Connor and I now have DM stuff that will be coming out in the future. And one of the things I've definitely struggled with when I've DM'd is going, going, yeah, we can do that. I don't know how to do that. (laughs) (laughs) And that's something that's definitely helped me about, but I don't think we've we've not come across many situations where you've not been able to go, yeah, roll that, roll this, roll this, yeah, do that, do that, do this. Like, it's, I think the Fromsford has run as smoothly as it has. It's been rocky at points, but like, it's run as smoothly as it has because we've not had to constantly go back and check rules. Mm. Yeah. And it, yeah that's actually been because I, I, you know when we did forums at first we thought oh yeah we actually have to check the, you know oh god we're checking rules a fair bit mm. but actually compared to some of the other stuff that we've had to do and when no. you were, if you were playing D&D with like especially somebody that never DM'd before mm. god it's smooth compared to that yeah, yeah. it's, it's really, really the only time we're really to check the rules is when your players decide to fall off a um, 500 foot oh, shit. Mm. we edited out genuinely I think nearly 40 minutes of Henry mm-hmm. trying to find falling rules crying <laughs> what's, what's really annoying is about a week after we recorded that um, Xanathar's Guide to Everything came out with explicit falling rules oh, <laughs> yeah yeah that's heartbreaking. Yeah, what have you learned about me? Apart from that, I'm very controlling and very <laughs> <laughs> super fucking organised. Mm. Me, really? Yeah, yeah, no, genuinely. I think you're the one that keeps everything together in the podcast of where everything needs to be and what everyone's doing. Because we, because we all use the OneNote and we all use like Trello and stuff to keep track mm. of what we've got to do, and that's all the stuff that you've put together and made sure it's good. And that's the sort of stuff that's also come together with the campaigns that you've DM'd as well. Is that they are story is a lot more complex with lots of different stuff happening and it still manages to sort of mm. we still yeah, manage to get from A to B at the end of it oh. and that's not something that I did with my campaign <laughs> I had a really simple campaign and I still got fucking lost you've got, you've got these to look forward to listeners oh, coming yeah, out in the coming out in the coming months coming to a cinema near you mm. <laughs> if you're you know listening to it in the cinema <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that come watch the, the movie yeah. <laughs> Fantastic Beast 2 is great <laughs> how about more cup 2 fair enough well, the other thing I constantly keep learning tonight is a good example is how much better at editing you actually are at me than, than me. Because like occasionally I'm like I'm getting pretty good at editing, and then Connor showed me something. I'm like I don't understand a fucking thing about editing. <laughs> <laughs> I've, had a, I've had a lot of experience. I didn't even realize you could press like shift and then click on another thing and it would highlight all of it. I've been control clicking fucking every fucking little cut. <laughs> uh, but I, I've done a lot of music editing mm. for mm. you know bands and stuff like that. So that's, yeah. that's where I come from. But hi, that was the last proper question, was wasn't it? it? I, think I think we might. Yeah, that's sick. we spent like half an hour in the Ooh. first two, and then fucking romped through the last mm. ones. Yeah, there were a few questions that came in that were um, asked after the finale, but were answered in the epilogue. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So we we just left those out because you know you, you you'll have your you have your answers. Mm-hmm. So cool. So the next thing on this list that Connor has written up. That I'm reading. Um, <laughs> is organized. <laughs> organized. The organized one. Um, is what's coming next? So, next week or three in days three days ish, three or four days ish time, potentially, uh-huh. um, is coming a short, spro- like, Sprocket 7 style length kind of thing. Um, 
which is a Call of Cthulhu campaign, mm. which is something yeah. I've been wanting to do for a very well campaign. Call of Cthulhu scenario, mm-hmm. um, which we're calling the American Idol. Mm, the American mm-hmm. Idol. Or American um, Idol. American Idol. Yeah, American Idol. Um, <laughs> Fucked up the name. I it's, came up it's with. It's very good. We have a special guest on it once again, um, oh. who you may have met before if you listen to our movie commentaries. Yes. Yep, um, so Stacy, our good friend, is joining us for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very fun. It's five episodes long it so it's not super long. it's like a quick and cheap and like not cheap and cheerful cheap and cheerful well <laughs> cheap really and sad. Yeah. quite depressing yeah, yeah. <laughs> but good fun no we, yeah. we, we play some really like no and it's fun Intra- interesting character. funny cool characters yeah characters yeah. are great I really, like, I really mm. enjoyed playing that we, got some, we had some method acting we had oh, laughs we had cries <laughs> oh we had the most intense combat that has ever happened in our life because we realised that you have like four hit points so it yeah. really fucking oh, yeah. matters if you cough a uh-huh. hit that was the, oh yeah but no it's been really really good mm. we've we are going to mention where we've got the scenario from in the future stuff yes so we don't have to do that now well Quick shout out to Joe Trier. The don't yeah. read it like now because it will spoil the actual yeah. thing you're going to mm-hmm. listen to. Um, but yeah, Joe Trier wrote it. I'm a big fan of his. Um, and yeah, we hope you enjoy it. It's, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's we had a lot of fun playing it. Mm-hmm. It is great fun, and I think it's been quite fun to mix as well because we tried to do a little something different with the music oh, yeah. and stuff. And it's it's been actually really fun. And I think the logo for it. Which is, I'm just gonna be flat out and say I've definitely I've used like um, some stuff I found on the internet to def- to model it and stuff. Mm. Um, but it's the logo is actually probably my second favorite thing that I've drawn. It's very very so far very actually. impressive. Well, what's my your first, first favorite thing is not actually going to be released until like oh I know what you're talking about. Oh like, yeah, months down the line. Um, we've got some other stuff that's spoilers. Coming that has got something I drew that I absolutely it's my favorite thing I've ever drawn just because. It's the only thing that I look at and go, wow, that actually looks a little bit like art. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's what's coming up next. There's uh, the brief Call of Cthulhu campaign. Hope you very much enjoy it. Um, <laughs> Gonna be awesome. Very awesome. It's very fun. And s- play along, see if you can figure out the mystery. Yeah, Ooh, it's our mystery campaign. Yeah. 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 Tweet us your, your theories. I, I, I'm happy to tell you also it won't be the last mystery campaign. But yeah, moving on. Yeah, it was. Fresh. So we're going to do this little short campaign and then we are going to do another monster. We're going to do another Faroomsford sized campaign. Beast. Absolute beast. We're going to split it up into a, a few different um, lengths, like we did with Oxford. Mm. Mm-hmm. But the next one is going to be Pokemon. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I think that's enough before I we get sued. The very best, best that like no one ever was. To catch them. Guys, 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 they're going to stop. They're going to run away. They're going to... It's also late at night and my, I have people live upstairs. Ah, yeah. <laughs> people do live above the studio. So we'll yeah. Sorry. No, no we, we live in a completely central studio. studio. No one can hear gnomes. us. Studio yeah. gnomes? Studio gnomes. We are releasing another big campaign. It is going to be Pokemon themed and mm. I am going to be GMing it. Although we're PMing res- it? Yeah, PM. we I think we decide early on that it's PMing it. Yeah, Prime Pokemon Minister Master. Pokemon. Not, not Dungeon Master, Pokemon Master. Um, mm. 
So, yeah, it's a, it's a campaign that's set in a region that I created myself, although I took some mm-hmm. inspiration mm-hmm. off some, from some stuff online. Um, and I set out like a, a Pokemon game. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's, mm. there's an overarching story, there's legendaries, there's gems, there's a Pokemon League to aim it for. It definitely works and feels like a Pokemon game. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It felt like a Pokemon game when we played it. Yeah. It yeah. was fucking nostalgic as mm, shit. It was very good. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I know, I know. But if you've never played Pokemon, you've never been a big fan of Pokemon, but you like Thronesford, <laughs> Stella's playing, mm-hmm. and it's, yeah. oh, it's so much I think, fun. I think Robin herself, before we played this, had never played a Pokemon game, so don't worry about that at all, because as far as we know, she still enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, mm-hmm. um, I was going to basically just say exactly what you said there, that... I had never really played Pokemon game before. Obviously, I was aware of it. Like most people our age, you hadn't knew of it as kids until <laughs> the collection and stuff. Mm, yeah. um, but again, it was basically just like playing D and D again for me. But yeah, it, again, so if there's ever terms that you're confused about, I probably asked a hell of a lot of questions because <laughs> I was just completely unfamiliar with the universe. So I can be the the you eyes. Dabbled, the, the, yeah. mm-hmm. You dabbled, Yeah. You dipped your toe in that Pokemon water during whilst they recording. Did. I had a Pokedex on my phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all had Pokedex on our phones. Yeah. yeah. And I've I've included if you are a big big fan of the games, then there are some characters in there that you might know. Yeah. I've sort of tried to fit it in a little bit into the existing Pokemon mm-hmm. canon. So. No, no, it's it is fucking great. Mm. It's a lot. It's you, very you guys fun. played such good characters. Mm-hmm. I, I loved it. I must admit, I think our characters in this. Uh, our characters in this interacted together fucking well like mm. i think yeah, yeah, yeah. i think like yeah i think i think it was we were the tightest squad mm-hmm. that we've it maybe had. definitely felt like you were going on an adventure together no mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. But no, of course yeah. that, that came across in forum's part as well but it was a... yeah but i think i think it's like when we did sprockets like certain characters like yeah interacted with each other a lot more maybe it was mm-hmm. because it was a shorter campaign and stuff and um but but this this one is sort of I don't know our three characters just sort of all interacted with each other as much as yeah each mm-hmm. uh, like any of the others and it was it was really well done mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I've I've got to say that James's character in this in the Pokemon campaign it campaign campaign is my favorite character maybe in all of our stuff that we've released wow. and have yet to release. <laughs> I just really like it. See, no, it's the funniest, I don't see it's that. the funniest character mm-hmm. creation we've ever done. <laughs> I, to be fair. You know, we will talk about it when we get to the commentary for Pokemon. Mm-hmm. The invention of my character, actually. I remember that night. Just me and Connor, drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so, yeah, that was weird. Well, well put, put it this way. We went through it and we got... Henry wrote an extensive backstory for his. I, mean, I think I had chapters. <laughs> I did have chapters. Um, and then me and Robin went through and we sort of like crafted her character together. And that, that had bullet points and things. James's backstory was... Four sentence. Four, four words was his backstory. <laughs> yep. It was. It was, yeah. <laughs> yeah we all counted like... In my yeah. defence... I made mine first when we were trying to figure out the rules of this system. No one told me we were going to do take it seriously. <laughs> Everyone came out and was like, I've done my poem of book stories. And I was just like, fuck! <laughs> so, shit, alright, I'm going to go with this then. And we've all got our, you guys have all chosen your, your favourite Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. We, we, yes. Get, we, gave, we gave a list of our favourite Pokemon to Connor and then he sprinkled 
uh, uh, sprinkled yeah. some some flavoring to wrap that's, it. That's kind of important for us to say, isn't it? Yeah, we gave you a dream team, and we didn't know what Pokemon we were going to yeah. get. Apart True. from the, the first one. one, the first one each of us had, we turned up with the Pokemon we mm-hmm. wanted. Yeah, and you gave me six Pokemon, and I was like, right, I'm because obviously I, you can all have the same type of Pokemon. Mm. So I balanced a team, and I just you guys didn't know what Pokemon you were going to get, but no, you knew yeah. they were going to be. Mm-hmm. We knew so. we knew they were going to be ones that we liked, and that yeah. we specifically said we 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 would like to play with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. it ends up being like. Yeah, it was a genuinely really fun campaign to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really, really was. And it's a big one. There's a lot of story in this one. Lots mm-hmm. of story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it's got a lot of twists and turns actually. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that we maybe haven't done in oh in in the podcast before, but this this has got some actual twists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it was a very, very, very fun campaign to play. Played over a very long time. Oh yes, yes. Mm-hmm. yes this is probably important to say that we this started when Ferromsford or just after Ferromsford started around that time and I was before mm-hmm. before yeah, yeah. Before so this actually started before we started recording Ferromsford and then ended quite a long time after Ferromsford ended so mm-hmm. the recording quality in it isn't top notch um it's not the best that we've ever had, but it's no worse than Ferromsford. So if you like Ferromsford, you're absolutely golden. This mm-hmm. is yeah. smashing. And it improves as we go along. Yeah, it yeah. goes from Ferromsford, from the beginning of Ferromsford, and you'll literally hear every single recording setup we've ever had. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's, that's what's coming up. I'm super excited mm. for it. Yeah, and we, we've released this to coincide with the release of the Pokemon or the the Pikachu detective trailer. Mm. You like it was planned. It's planned because mm. we're actually doing a thing with them. Mm. Ryan Reynolds is going to be on this show. No empty promises! <laughs> oh, wait, and we've come full loop. <laughs> full loop. How, did we mention is it? it? This way? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, is he actually coming? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Please come. <laughs> No, I promise Ryan. Ryan. Ryan, Ryan, come so that James can too. <laughs> I saw you ended that movie. You got that time jump thing. You know this is happening, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's what's coming. So we've got Call of Cthulhu, which is going to be like five episodes, and then we're going to go on a Pokemon fucking journey. Mm-hmm. Um, adventure. Adventure, exactly. But Escapade. Thank you so much for listening to Forums for me. <clears throat> yeah, like, yeah. Oh, it's been such—it's su- been such an absolute privilege releasing this mm-hmm. uh, and seeing people actually engaging with it. Oh, it's, it's been so good. You and I kind of probably watch the figures every single day just yeah, to see. Yeah, like, someone listen today. Let's hope someone listened today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's been actually—we've got a best because we had our sort of idea, didn't we? That I think we said once it's up and established, we were like, if ten people listen a week, we'll be really happy. Mm-hmm. We've like gone way past that yeah and we we would be happy with that and it's just been really lovely having people listen to it and i i teared up a little bit actually putting the end put like mixing the final episode of of Ferromsford because i knew it was the last Uh thing that was that was going up but then i saw how much work we have left to do for everything else (laughs) (laughs) how much fun everything else is no yeah i'm i'm really excited because i think once once that was done and then we sorted it and that was schedule for release then I started thinking about how excited I was to get everything else sorted mm-hmm. and it's it's been really fun putting together Call of Cthulhu yeah. we're doing some weird stuff with the music mm-hmm. oh. and relevant for this episode I've got a download from Connor shh listen to the end of the credits mm. listen to the end of the credits apparently that's a thing we do now yeah. oh, what was this for? Oh, for the end of this. Yeah. For the end of everything. Connor, you're doing it. We do post credit scenes yeah, on every episode. We're doing post credit scenes on our podcast. Go back all and the time. listen. They were there every the whole episode. time. 
everything Nine and Thorby will return. They will return. I've written when they will return. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a Mostly. Game. We're we going to scrap very it. Much but... Looking forward to everything to come. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening. Yes. yes. Yeah. And please continue to listen. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Again, just saying, there might be a little bit. Thing as it, when the music, Go on when the journey music, when the music stops. Just keep listening. Right, that's music. Another couple of minutes. I can tell the music's building up now. It sounds like some sort of demonic choo choo train. And you'll have to excuse us because we have to go bury Henry now. I did just die. We have just lost our DM. Well, thank you very much for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Ryan Reynolds, please message me. High above the ground, we see the outline of a large island surrounded by perfect blue ocean waters. And as we move closer to the surface, moving through layer after layer of fluffy clouds, this island takes its full shape. We pan across rolling grasslands, dense forests and colourful towns. But towering over everything, we see two huge mountains, permanent fixtures in the sky from any point on the island. Positioned on opposite sides of the island, they seemingly stare at each other from afar, their tops clouded but clearly laden with white snow. To the north of this island, we see a busy campus of buildings littered with individuals and their Pokemon companions as they prepare for the arrival of the new cohort of fresh-faced students. And hundreds of miles across the ocean, in their respective hometowns, we see our three heroes packing their final necessities before setting off across the sea. With an excitable growlith in tow, Nat Embers walks along a sooty cindering path of a once brilliant green forest and out into a clearing by the sea which laps playfully on the shores of Cinnabar Island. She looks back at the burnt trees to see her unconventional adopted family watching over her. She stifles a tear and lets her to smile before waving and turning her back. Just outside of the gates of Moss Deep City College, Oliver Richmond III shakes hands with a select group of his closest friends. A small rouse sits at his feet. It too seemingly bidding farewell to its Pokemon friends, who stand by the other trainers. He picks up his briefcase and turns to take the path down the hill to the sea, offering no final look back to the establishment that had failed him. And as the sun beats down on the remote fishing town of Jewford Island, Kyle Carp locks the front door to his father's house and walks to the boat harbour. As he walks along a sandy path, an Aaron waddles a few steps behind him. He calls down to his dad, fishing on the shore below, but for whatever reason, he does not turn his head or call back. Kyle sighs before smiling at Aaron and continuing on his way. Each of our heroes arrive at similar scenes, despite being hundreds of miles apart. A small boat is manned by a captain, who welcomes them aboard and asks to see their respective identifications. Each of our heroes take out an envelope of papers and present them to their captains. Each captain looks them up and down before checking the documents and signing the back page. They hand the papers back to expectant hands and each say, I'm afraid it's a very long journey that awaits us, but welcome to Trainer City Academy.